Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. This is the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Good morning, everyone. Happy Friday from the opening drive on 101 ESPN in St. Louis, where it's 7 o'clock. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Brooke Grimsley is out for the holiday over the weekend, as you may or may not have heard. Kerry Davis, he bolted. He's uh, he's going to the fast lane. Danny Mack is in for Brooke this morning. Daniel McLaughlin, uh, my longtime friend. Great to have you with us. How do you like that first song? Uh, you You warned me. Yeah, it hit me right over the head. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I was ready for it, though, because you gave me fair warning that it's uh, quite an interesting song to enter the show with. It so it was. Yeah. You've, you've always enjoyed that song. Oh, I, I love it. Yeah, Absolutely Black, love it. Turn that baby out. Yeah. Well, I don't miss a show of yours, so I was somewhat prepared. <laughs> Good. <laughs> uh, we're going to uh, have quite a show. We're going to talk to our mutual friend, Jay Delsing. You'll be on with Jay on Sunday morning here on 101 ESPN. Joe Vitale will join us at... 8.15, Joey will talk about uh, watching The Godfather on Christmas. Oh, I'm sure he will. Not about a blues win, but about The Godfather. Well, w- we always try to fit in a little blues at the end with Joey. But he is <laughs> the world's most interesting man. He is. So he definitely is. Uh, another great friend of ours, Mike Kelly, will join Mike us at Kelly. We are live at Enterprise Center at 20 after 8. <laughs> For the opening tip of the Bragging Rights game. Yeah, we've got that tonight. And Greg Amsinger is going to join us as well. Uh, do you have all your holiday shopping taken care of, Daniel? Uh, yeah, Libby does. Okay, good. Yeah. Well yeah. Libby good. Santa. So, yeah, uh-huh. you know, she's going to help us out. And, uh, you know, that's the bottom line. If you have a, a good uh, wife, she helps you out with the shopping. Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. found that out for years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. How about you? I... Uh, I Completed my Christmas shopping. Yes, I have. I'm, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm doing well. Uh, the St. Louis Blues are doing well as well. 3-1 and one under Stanley Tucci behind the bench. They knocked off the Panthers last night by a score of 4-1. to one, And they come home against Chicago uh, tomorrow night. And they'll have a chance to move closer to the wild card spot in the National League's Western Conference. Right now, the Blues have 33 points. Arizona has 36. So the Blues are three points out of that wild card spot. Last night... The red-hot Jordan Cairo got things going for the Blues after a scoreless first period. Cairo tallied 450 into the second. Three on one, Blues in. Cairo straight away. Butch Navich whips on a shot. Cairo's there. He scores! They were chasing a grease pig in the offensive zone. And Cairo put it in the corral. one nothing Blues. 15-10 to go. Second period as the Blues score first. And Dan, it seems... Pretty obvious that Jordan Cairo is playing with more energy and more effort since the coaching change. Yeah, for sure. And that's one of the things that you had to do. To me, if you're making the coaching change, one of the things I got to get out of my best players is their best effort. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why you do it. Clearly, there was an issue there with Cairo. 
and with uh, Craig Berube. I thought what was important last night is getting out, getting the first goal. Blues are now 14-1-0 when they score first. Florida hits a post. They hit a bunch last night. They were 12-0-2 in scoring first, so getting the first goal was big for the Blues. Huge in that game. Pavel Butchnevis scored, had his goal taken away, but then two minutes later, he scored again. The Panthers there, and Reinhardt got it out of the zone. He skates in with Forsling now, and it's turned over. Blues try to catch the Panthers changing. Kairou hitting the trailer. Thomas to Kairou. To Butchnevich. Backhander. Score! A patient backhand shot from Pavel Butchnevich. And the top line has two in the period. 2-0 Blues, 12-14 to play. Second period. Alexei Toropchenko would score before the second period was out. 3-1 Blues heading into the third. Butchnevich with his second of the night, an empty netter at 16:51 of the third. And the Blues win it by a score of 4-1. And they split the two games in Florida, getting drilled by Tampa and then knocking off the Eastern Conference champions last night. Good win. Good win. Top line, Butchnevich, Thomas, Cairo. Second period alone, Randall. Counted for six points. Buchnevich had a disallowed goal in addition to his other two, so he could add a hat trick. But total for the the top line was eight points, eight shots, and a plus eight. So when you're looking to win games, Mm -hmm. top line, margin for winning for this team is slim, in my Mm -hmm. opinion. Their top line has got to be really good. And Robert Thomas, three assists last night. You know, he's on pace for a 90-point season right now. Bobby, Tommy. Yeah. I got to do that, too. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, that's part I can of, figure part it of the, out. Part of the deal. I can figure it out. Uh, Drew Bannister, now 3-1 and one as the Blues head coach, expected this bounce back. To be honest with you, it was a, it was a response I expected. Like that, that's, a, that's, that's a character team in there. Uh, I know they've gone through some, some, some tough spells here in the last little while, but um, that was expected. And, I mean, they dug in here tonight. It was an impressive performance, and as Dan mentioned, especially by the top line. Listen, he, he, he's a professional. Um, you know, what happened, what happened two nights ago is, is done and over with. Like, uh, he came out and he played an outstanding game. You know, Robbie, Jordan, again, uh, you know, they were our best players again here tonight. And to win this league, you have to have your best players being your best players. You know, but I thought overall as a crew, like, everybody came. Uh, they were ready to compete, and we did things you know, in our game that we didn't see two nights ago. Talking about Pavel Buchnevich, who I think, Dan, is the most gifted Blues player. And if he exhibits effort on a regular basis, that's the sort of performance I think you can expect. Well, the other thing, too, is that, you know, the Blues have been trying to get off to quicker starts. Mm -hmm. And second periods in particular have been awful for the Blues to start a second period. And Joel Hofer made a huge save. It was 17 seconds in. And I thought, man, he made that save. They may win this game. And when he did, Mm -hmm. it set the tone for the second period. And they wind up uh, winning the game. The Blues kept the slot and the crease all night open for him. He saw the puck and made, uh, I've read, and I was laughing about this. I've seen 36 saves. I've seen 37. I've seen 39. Here's the bottom line. He allowed one goal. <laughs> right, that was right. it. So goaltending last night to me was the key, including three saves by the post. So you had a little luck go uh, the Blues way and, and Hofer's way, but I thought he looked good last night. Blues and the Blackhawks tomorrow night, 6 o'clock pregame, 7 o'clock faceoff here on 101 ESPN. Dan, you and I mentioned, or uh, we remember back in our day, 
The Blues and Blackhawks used to play the last game before Christmas. Yeah. The first game after the holiday. Loved it, too. And it was a home-and-home, home and it was always a brawl. It was great. And one time I remember Brian Sutter was coaching the Blues, and it must have been in the late 80s because it was at the old arena. And the Blackhawks were in town. It was before Christmas. And the Blues finished their skate, and Brian is still on the Blues bench. And Daryl Sutter is the first Blackhawk out to start skating laps and getting warmed up. And uh, I am right behind D- Brian and the Blues bench, and Daryl skates by and says, hey, Merry Christmas, Brian. <laughs> Brian says, blank you, Daryl. <laughs> that was the Sutter family, that though. That was the Sutter family. And that to was a T. Quintessential Brian. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. That's how he played. That's how he coached. You know, hard work is a skill, too, Randy. Oh, yeah. You know it, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the, the, I, I miss those. and I, I miss the brawls. I, I think all of us longtime Blues fans do. I miss the rivalries, like yeah. the Hawks. It's mm-hmm. still a good rivalry. Don't get me wrong. But I miss, like, seeing Detroit a little bit more come through town. Yeah. I mean, that was fun. Punch a Red Wing fan in the face day was the best. Punching I remember yeah. that. That's yeah. right. It was pretty fun. That was great. Football last night, the Rams beat the Saints by a yeah. score of 30-22. to 22. Rams are 8-7. and seven. They have the Giants and the Niners still on the schedule and uh, have a chance to make the playoffs and uh, play in the first round and get drilled. How about our buddy from Vianney, Kyron Williams? To me, he's mm-hmm. the key. Yeah, he, uh, he's everything good. feeds off the running game with him. But Matthew Stafford... Had an NFL record with Calvin Johnson in 2012. Passing. Mm-hmm. 2021, Cooper Cup second most receiving yards. Puka Nakua is 147 yards shy of the rookie record for receiving yards. Matthew Stafford doesn't get enough credit for just how good he's been for a long, long time. He's a Hall of Famer. I think he is. We talked about it yesterday with Anthony, and he thought he was kind of the Hall of Famer really good. I think he's a Hall of Famer. If you could pick a good player... Well, pick any guy, Calvin Johnson, Barry Sanders, Matthew Stafford, that were in a horrible situation in Detroit. That was it. If Matthew Stafford winds up getting picked by the Steelers rather than the Lions, he's an easy Hall of Famer. Probably, because they were winning more, probably go to a couple Super Bowls. It's just a matter of where you land, and for a long time, Detroit was the worst place to land. And late last night, if you didn't hear Jeff Passan reporting that Yoshi Yamamoto has agreed to terms with the Dodgers, a 12-year deal for $325 million. The old record for a pitcher, a starting pitcher, Garrett Cole, $324 million. Now, his was only a nine-year deal. But in terms of total money, Yamamoto will get the most ever for a starting pitcher from the Dodgers and L.A. after signing Shohei Otani and trading for and signing Tyler Glass now, now adds Yamamoto to the mix. Arguably the, the best hitter. And the two best pitchers available in transactions this offseason. Dodgers have spent more than $1.1 billion. Mm-hmm. And if my calculations are correct, the rest of the league, less than $900 million combined. So the Dodgers on there with Glass now, Otani, now with Yamamoto, one point, over $1.1 billion. And it's amazing to me. This doesn't even include, you know, they had a posting fee. Yeah, of fifty point right, right. six million dollars yeah. in addition to three hundred and twenty five million. So you got the posting fee as well. And this is for a guy that has never thrown a pitch in the big leagues. Now, I understand there's all the, the saber metrics and you can look at video, you can look at what he did at the World Baseball Classic, and all of that's gonna tell you he's probably gonna be a pretty good pitcher. Mm-hmm. However, it's still amazing. He's never thrown right. a pitch Incredible. in major league baseball. Yeah. Do you think there'll ever be a financial limit for the Dodgers? 
No, I don't think so either. And with with what Otani did by backloading all that money, it's mm-hmm. allowing them to go out and do this. And I, you know, the Cardinals that opening series, all eyes are going to be on the Dodgers yeah. and the Cardinals. You got Yamamoto, Gray in Game One, mm-hmm. presumably. Yep. Glass now. And then take your pick of the guys that you have left. But then they probably got, Michaelis. I would think. I would think so too. I'd had Mats in Game Three against Bueller, Glass now in Game Two, uh, Miller going in Game Four against maybe mm-hmm. Gibson. I mean, this is uh, this this team is loaded. And we were talking before the show, and you made a great point. The San Diego Padres at this time last year were a loaded team. Yeah, great great starting staff, excellent closer and hater, lineup full of stars, and they went out and had a terrible year. It's got to be played on on the field. I get that. But I'll tell you what, when you spend that kind of money, I'll take my chances with those teams. And they're really smart. And one of the things the Dodgers will do is they'll bring in some low-budget guys and turn them into great players. They, They have the best teaching staff in all of baseball. It's the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Danny Mack and Randy Brooke is off today. Kerry has departed. Uh, Dan and I have done shows at uh, KMOX together. Had a great time doing those over the years. Did them at uh, the Big 550 together. Had a great time doing those over the years, and it was fun. And uh, I am honored to announce that Danny is going to join this show. Yeah. I'll be with you for a few days, not all the days, but a few days every week coming in with you and Brooke and uh, looking forward to it. The station has been great to me. Randy, I have looked up to you forever. I was your producer forever at KMOX, and I was just in awe. Really, I was. I was in awe on how you did shows. It was just amazing of how you could fill and do it with class, do it with dignity, and do it with knowledge. And uh, you're one of my best friends in the world. So when you guys approached me about doing this, you know, thought about it, and it didn't take long, but I thought, you know what? This makes a lot of sense. And with Jamie on the road as much as he is with the Blues, they needed some help there, and I was able to do that, and I enjoyed it. And had a lot of fun with Anthony, and Kerry now moves there because then you get a full-time presence. So for me to come in a few days a week and hang out with you guys is a lot of fun for me. Looking forward to it, and we've always enjoyed working together. So uh, we're looking forward to Matthew, Brooke, and I having you as a part of it. And you too, Matthew. I I shouldn't have left you out. So I appreciate everything you guys do. Thank you. They, really they stick me over here in the corner. It's hard to see me. It's no, funny. no, no. They don't do that. <laughs> that's, why I got, that's why I got the brightly colored mag flag. It's, it's, look at me. Look at me. I mean, Randy and I talk about this all the time. We talk sports off the air constantly. Mm-hmm. So we might as well just do it on the air a little bit more. And so that's what we're going to do. Yep. <laughs> we're looking forward to it. Welcome uh, to uh, officially full time 101 ESPN. Dan McLaughlin is uh, now part of the team on a full-time basis. Coming up, what are you tired of? We've got Sick of It coming your way here on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Text 314-399-9646-314-399. Yo-ho. Uh-oh. I don't do yo-ho. Uh, That's one of the things. I just yeah. don't. I can't get into it. Come on, Dan. Just I was it, late on that one. Just my give bad. us a that little half-hearted. Can I, give you, can I get a half-hearted from you? Like, Matthew will participate. <laughs> can't when do it, man. Back, just, ha- just give me a, like a yo-ho. Okay. 314-399-9646-314-399. Yo-ho. Yo-ho. Yes, there it is. <laughs> just a little one. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, sick of it. Get, 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 get your get your sick of it. Text in to the Air Comfort Service text line Yo, right now. Oh, oh. Yo, oh. Uh, Danny, this is something yes, that sir. isn't going to change. But uh, 
I'm sick of the fact that we can't Christmas shop like we used to. I used to take off the week between uh, the, the last week before Christmas. And I used to go out to the mall and shop like when the malls were open until midnight. Malls close at eight now. Uh, I'm sick of the fact that we have ruined brick and mortar stores. Don't you love Amazon, though? I do. <laughs> I mean, Amazon I'm, makes I'm it pretty guilty easy. Guilty as anybody. Guilty as anybody, yeah. Do you do a bunch of Christmas uh, gifts? Me, yeah. You're more of a guy that gives the cookies away yeah. and the carrot cake, which I'm very pleased about. Um and and wish I had my own carrot cake from you, and I didn't get it this year. But I wasn't part of the show then, so I guess you, that's why I was eliminated. Next week, you can plan on one next week. Okay, for New Year's, it'll be a belated Christmas yes, gift. Yeah. So you know uh, what I think about your carrot cake? It's uh, I, better than any restaurant carrot cake I've ever had. I will bring you carrot cake, and uh, I'll, I'll take you behind the curtain here. Back in the day, Danny Mac and I used to do shows. It was a Thanksgiving tradition, unlike any other. And we would uh, we would do a Thanksgiving night show. I don't know why people were scheduling us on Thanksgiving night, but they didn't have NFL. Well, I was really then. cheap, so yeah, you true. weren't. I was. That's true. So they're like, you're going to run the board for the football games. Well, and, and that's and what I did. So what Danny and I would do is we would eat an entire French silk pie between us. Oh yeah, <laughs> we demolished that. It was ridiculous. <laughs> it was fun. Those were the days. It was gluttonous. It was. It I'd was get fun. to. Uh, I would get to KMOX, which is when we were carrying all the games. Mm-hmm. You know, for those those Sunday or the the Thursday Thanksgiving day, I'd get there at like 10 and wouldn't leave until 9 o'clock at right, night when yeah. you were done After with Sports Open Line yeah. and everything else. So that was my Thanksgiving. Yeah. That's so, what you got to do. Yeah. So uh, I am uh, I'm all about brick and mortar stores, but yes, a carrot cake is coming your way. A Traeger carrot cake next week. I am sick of the slow nature of Major League Baseball offseason. Now, excluding what happened last night, late last night, if you're just joining us, Yamamoto signed for 12 years and $325 million with the Dodgers and the Otani signing. Um, it's just slow. It's it's boring. It's monotonous. You go to Nashville and really nothing happens at the baseball winter meetings. And I compare it to like hockey. Hockey, you hit July 1st. There's all kinds of signings. There's and, a buzz. And NHL Network has a special. They put the, the day aside because of free agent frenzy. Yes. And NBA does it too. And so does the NFL. And there's a frenzy to it. There's an anticipation. You're on the front page of a sports fan. You know, you're thinking mm-hmm. about, if, especially if you love that sport, you're all in. You're, it's, yep. it's, some, it's the fun part of the sport, the speculation, where guys go, changing teams. That's just this day and age in sports. And right now, if you look at the available free agents in Major League Baseball, there are a ton. It's crazy. A ton of you good names. Award winner in the National League, <laughs> right? That yeah. it, it just I I'm just kind of sick of the slow, monotonous nature of the off season right now, Major League Baseball. And I don't know why baseball can't figure it out, but I, you've been in this situation with spring training, and you, as you know, Patrick and I go down to Arizona for spring training, and three or four times. I've been in an airport on the first day of NFL free agency and in an airport with thousands of people. That's all anybody's talking about. Yes. Right. We don't even know when the first day of baseball free agency is. But basketball, hockey, football, we're all talking about the very first day of free agency. Baseball, it basically just started two weeks ago with Shohei Otani. And I guess it maybe picks up now that the big domino falls in Yamamoto. So now you've got Montgomery. Mm-hmm. And you've got a few others like Blake Snell, as you mentioned, that are out there that are anticipating to to be pretty big winners in the yeah. free agency market. So, but here's the thing: there, there, it's kind of an unwritten rule when you go from Christmas to New Year's, and it's not to say that there won't be some signings, maybe potentially next week. But it's kind of the dead period. Yeah. It's the it's the one week where guys are like a handshake agreement with GMs and president of baseball operations, like, hey. 
let's turn this turn the cell phone off for a week, even though they never do. But you know what I mean. Right. It's like I'm not going to. Yeah, I'm just not going to call you, and you don't call me. And agents, let's hold off, and then after the first of the year, we'll get this thing going again. One of my favorite days was when the Cardinals in 1995. They signed both Andy Bennis and Ron Gant on Christmas Eve. Remember that. That was fun. All right. What do we got on the text line there, Matthew? Round of the eight. Somebody says, I'm sick of the Dodgers. You you can't have this much money. This isn't fair. What are we going to do about this one? The Yankees have done it, too. Yep. The Yankees and Dodgers have one of those teams has been one or two in payroll for 12 of the last 13 years. Last year, the Mets surpassed them. The Yankees and Dodgers have one world championship in those 13 years. The, the Dodgers in the COVID year, which I don't even count. So, and the, the Yankees haven't been to a World Series despite having a one or two payroll for 13 consecutive years. Yankees haven't been to the World Series since 2009. No cap in baseball, which will never happen. The Players Union will never, ever agree to that. No. Hell, they didn't yesterday even want to have the rule changes. Right. There's a there's a committee, a competition committee, and there are players on it, but they were outmanned by the number of people that are on the committee. The players' union didn't even want to make the changes for some of the rules that they think could improve the game. Yeah, I mean, right. the players' union is so strong that you will not have a cap in baseball. I think there needs to be – I would love to see a cap in baseball, but at, at minimum, there's got to be a floor. Well, that's the thing. If there's a floor, there's got to be a cap, and that's why the Players Association won't agree to it, even though the vast majority of their players would benefit from a salary floor. Yes, they would. Because you don't have a maybe not the top end guy, right? The 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 top ten fifteen percent are going to clean up, but otherwise, look at the Cardinals. You've got a rookie bench and and, and essentially a rookie bullpen. You you don't have big money players on your bench or in your bullpen, and many of the Cardinals specific, many of those guys are young players that aren't making money. There used to be a place for the five million dollar bench player that was a professional hitter that player rarely exists anymore i'm curious what you think of this now that yamamoto is signed and it was 325 which is roughly in the area of what people thought tenure though 325 is kind of like the this is 12 um basically the uh it's the bryce harper contract do you think the cardinals got away with signing gray and Lynn and Gibson at a lesser amount than potentially they could have gotten if they waited. Yeah, the Cardinals were smart. I, I think they were aggressive. in that regard. I mean, yeah. you can debate who they brought in and whether or not you like them, but in terms of just the money of it, it might have made sense the way that they went about it. And I'm pretty consistent about this. I think the Cardinals have added 10 wins with those pitchers and and the people that hopefully it's a better defensive team. But to, that gets them to 81. And I want to get to 91, 92, 93, 94. I still think they need that number one guy. Okay, 41 leads lost, 28 blown saves, yeah. save percentage of 56%, ERA over 10 in high leverage situations out of their bullpen. Bullpen ERA was 20, uh, 24th, 29th in strikeout rate. I mean, you can fix the rotation all you want, but I'm telling you, there needs to be bullpen improvement like they've never had from year to year. Absolutely. I mean, the bullpen's yeah. got to be better this year. Call me Scrooge, but I'm sick of rocking around the Christmas tree. I heard it right after Halloween, and I'm done. Christmas tree at the Christmas party hop. No, I, I cannot agree with that. I I like that song. I like many Christmas songs. I don't like uh, the Jimmy Buffett one. You just gotta like Christmas. You just gotta yeah, like the I songs. Like Christmas, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I like. Uh, oh, there's no place like home for the holidays. Perry Como, old school, 1954. 
I always felt like this is your favorite time of the year. Oh, it's a great time of year. I love this time of year. You yeah. get fired up. I do. Yeah, it's fun. Well, you get the bragging rights. Uh-huh. Going tonight. You got the hawk in town tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And then you got uh, Christmas Eve. Right, yeah. And so, you have golf with Jay Delsing 8 to 10 on Sunday. That's a shameless plug. Oh, yeah. That's going to be awesome. You know, if you want to miss ago, that. Uh, I think it was 21. Yeah, it must have been two years ago. It was like 75 degrees on Christmas Eve. And Marshy and I went out and played golf at uh, Whitmore on Christmas Eve. It was awesome. It was last great. year, it was like zero. Yeah. It was freezing cool. oh, last year. It was horrible last year. Oh, can I, can I be a little snarky on sure, the, we like our final snark, text of, yeah. the, mm-hmm. of the segment? Somebody said, I'm sick of my text not being read. Now, Randy, could there be a reason why this person's texts aren't being read? Well... I don't know. Tell me, Matthew. I, I'm just, I, usually, we, if we don't read text, it's because the quality's poor. Okay. It's um, just, and let's up see. the game, buddy. Uh, well, okay. The, the game is up. He'll be fine. Okay, yeah. We'll, but yeah, uh, we will make sure that this 314 gets some texts read. All right? We'll, we'll take care of you. All right, fine. So, yeah, this is a it is a fun time of year. Mm-hmm. I was uh, 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 sent a, a text of the old. Uh, uh, the uh, let me start this. I'll, I'll move back. Some of my favorite memories as a kid, as you know, were going to football cardinal games with my dad at Bush yep. Stadium. So my uh, some of my other fond memories when I had a real emotional attachment to the National Football League was the last couple of weeks before Christmas. The NFL would have their Saturday afternoon games on networks, and Budweiser would have that spectacular Clydesdales and Ed McMahon or George Clooney going, Holiday greetings from Budweiser. Yeah. Uh, that is something that I just love, and I love that memory. So I sent that commercial to a friend saying, man, I used to love this time of year because it was so cool. I wish our friends at Budweiser would put that commercial. Even just go uh, go retro and use the 1982 or ni- whatever year it was version. Holiday, greetings from Bud, and just do it again. Their commercial after 9-11 was the best. Incredible. The one, the one that only played once, right? That's right. That was the one that stands out yeah. for me. So They were, uh, man, they had it going back in the time. Yes, they did. I miss going to Cardinal games, football Cardinal games. Oh, that, that was the best. Did you prefer Rams or Cardinal games? Okay, so it's an interesting question. Uh, the greatest show on turf was unforgettable, but my fondest memories are football Cardinal games where we never even had a home playoff game. Yeah, but me too. If you ask my favorite sports memories, top five, Isaac scoring that touchdown in the first game against Minnesota. Minnesota, yeah. And I think looking up at was, the scoreboard as he's scoring. Yeah. Part of that is, Dan, that I was friends with those guys. And so, and it was so fun because Mike Martz, who's back here now, I go to him, 99, after the first couple of weeks, I'd say, hey, how many touchdowns do you think you guys are going to score? And he'd give, he'd give me the number every week and he'd nail it. Would he really? Yeah, he was, man, what a brilliant uh, football mind Mike Martz is. I hear him on the radio now, and I love listening yeah, to him. He's, he's fantastic. And that team, heck, we have five Hall of Famers, right? Five Hall of Famers. From, yeah. Uh, so the, those memories are great, but the only – I can throw out 95 – well, 95 was fun, but 96, 97, 98, and then anything after 2003 wasn't really fun for No, me for that was Rams. tough. 
right? That wasn't a lot of fun. Yeah, but the entirety of the football Cardinal experience for me was fun. I miss the experience. Yeah. I was talking yesterday. We were talking about your food-making abilities, and clam chowder got brought up, and I remember stopping by your tailgate San Francisco in town and having your clam chowder, mm-hmm. and uh, I miss those experiences. Those were great, yeah. And Big Frank would bring the big game funds yes. when we would play San Francisco. Yes. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. Uh, coming up, we're going to talk to Jay Delsing. We've got a little uh, PGA Tour talk to uh, discuss with Jay, and uh, he gave us a great idea. I think a lot of people are going to get this Christmas gift that he's going to tell us about next on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework is Heckman Lumber. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, Trex, Evergreen, and Azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber is an authorized Yeti dealer and also stocks a large assortment of grills, so celebrate summer with a new Big Green Egg, Weber Gas, or Charcoal Grill, and all of the accessories from Hackman Lumber. Come visit their showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. You hear Dan McLaughlin with Jay Delsing every Sunday morning here on 101 ESPN as they talk golf from 8 to 10. And now Dan is an official member of the opening drive here on 101 ESPN. And Jay joins us every Friday morning to get ready for that Sunday show. So these two will have an opportunity to get together and and preview the Sunday show. Jay is with us now on the Celebrity Line. Good morning, sir. How are you doing? Good morning, boys. Uh, looks like we got a little all-star team over there this morning. Two of my favorite people, guys. I love it. Well, we appreciate that. Yeah, we got to get you in here sometime. And uh, I think, Brooke, at some point we'll take a vacation. So we'll have to have all three of us, and then we'll go play golf afterwards. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's do that. So, Danny, well, if you do that, Randy, just yeah. don't bring your wallet. Uh, I can just say, oh, I, no. I forgot my wallet, okay. and I don't want to play do with Jay. I'll play, no, you, you know. You need to have a license, Danny, and stuff. You better bring your license. I'm telling you. Bring your wallet. You, you, you don't want to have the wallet, wallet there because he's going to get in your wallet. That's Jay, all there is to bring it. your wallet. Jay, Jay <laughs> Delsing is one of the few golfers that has a square attached to his cell phone. So the, oh, I take cards. <laughs> right. Venmo works. No problem. I've seen it with Jay. The, the old days, we used to have that credit card, that machine. It was so bulky. The square's nice because it just fits in your back pocket. <laughs> so, Jay, I've run into like half a dozen people this week who were listening last week when you brought up the Bushnell Wingman. You've sold a few of those for the holiday season. That, that's a pretty cool little uh, device that you talked about. Well, guess who got me turned on to it and who actually bought mine for me is sitting right next to you. Oh, okay. Danny Mac. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. uh, you know what, Jay, I find it as a great distraction when I'm hitting it right, left, and duffing it <laughs> that I got music to listen to. Now, maybe you don't need that because you're piping it down the middle, but guys like me, I need that. Oh, it's it's so fun. And I, I mean, if you engage that little chip, you put that chip in your pocket and your cart will be 40 yards from you and it'll say, you've got 145 to the... It's know, unbelievable. It'll, 
that'll bark out a yardage at you. It's it, yeah, it's it's really awesome. And Randy, I got to tell you, I got to get a slice of this carrot cake. Danny knows I make a mean macadamia chocolate chip and oatmeal cookie that I will bring in lieu of a piece of that carrot okay. cake, and I will. We will we will make some sort of weird Christmas exchange whenever the hell that happens. Okay, sounds good. I, I love the idea. All right, let's talk, yeah. touch on a, a couple of golf things. First of all, I think it's kind of weird that NBC is going to hold auditions to have their next analyst, and I, I get it because they don't know who's good. But they got rid of Paul Azinger. They never really have effectively replaced Johnny Miller. Okay, you know the, the golfers out there, Jay. Who do you think would be good? Boy, you know, I like Kevin Kisner in terms of his personality and his frankness. He's he's a great he's a great personality, but that doesn't translate into what you need there. You need somebody that's had a lot of experience and and been in a lot of different situations, and then can tell you. And I think, gosh, we we've talked, Randy. I think you and I've talked about this, and I think Danny Mac, you and I talk about this all the time with TV. You need to tell people what they what they need to know that they can't see, because they can see it. You have to go. What what is this guy going through? Why is it? You know why is his pace picked up? Why you know? And that's all you know. What stress and things like like do to you? So I don't know. You know, Paul McGinley is a guy that's going to get a tryout, and they're going so much Randy to accents. You know that it 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 just I, I don't know why exactly, but they find it interesting. So I think Paul McGinley is going to have an inside uh, track at that, but it's hard to, it's hard to know because what they're trying to do is find somebody that's still relevant. That's a bigger name that has had a big career. That's kind of in that limbo time, you know, where he's not 50, he can't play on the champions tour, but he's not going to play that much on the regular tour. And, and somebody to the resume like a Zach Johnson, mm-hmm. but I don't really see that personality. As, and Zach's a great guy, don't get me wrong. I, uh, I, I love him, but I don't see that as being a personality that's going to come through on the, on, the, on the TV in a meaningful way. So I, I'm not sure. It's a, it's a really strange time because Phil, Philly Mick, had basically the carpet rolled out for him yeah. to, to step in and, and, and knock this thing out and, you know, what he's done. Yeah, so right. so it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a weird time. Three of the names, Brad Faxon, get it? Justin Leonard, get it? Randall Chambly, I know he – is he a little bit too controversial even though uh, Brooks Kepka isn't on the PGA Tour? Is, is Randall Chambly, with the group of people that he would be broadcasting, too controversial? I don't think so. I think what Brandel would do, you know, Brandel's in a, in a really unique position at the golf channel and he's been on the show a couple of times and we have, gosh, I can remember the day that Brandel and I met, I think we were 16 years old. He, um, he, he takes these, he's one of the most well-read people I know, period, forget sports, but period. And he is prepared as all hell for, for what he has to do. But he is deliberately taking these controversial stance because that's what's been dictated to him. And he is, he has kind of grown into that role. And now, I mean, I give him trouble all the time. I'm like, I cannot believe you're such an authority on everything. And he's like, yeah, that's, that's kind of what my job is. I believe as an analyst, he would, you know, and here's another guy. He's going to struggle, Randy, because of the situations he has not been in. You know, he had a really nice career, but he didn't win a major. He didn't win that massive tournament. And so it's going to be, uh, 
it's going to be a challenge for him because he's going to tell you what he thinks, but it's not like somebody like Lee Trevino telling you, hell, when I won the British Open, this right, is what happened. Right. Here's what was going on. And this you is know? where Liv is struck again because the guy that would come to mind that would be perfect for this is David Faraday, and David Faraday is with Liv. And the other one that comes to mind that would have been perfect for this is Phil Mickelson. And there is zero chance that that's going to happen on the PGA Tour. Zero chance. You're absolutely right. Zero chance. These guys have chosen different different paths and, and for various reasons and um, mostly financial. And so, yeah, it's it's really interesting. I sat there when, um, Danny, we had Kurt Byram on the show a couple of weeks ago. And when I was talking to Kurt off the air, I said, you know, because they let Kurt audition. And he said, you know, quite frankly, they told me there's a slim chance they're going to give this to me. But they want me to have that chair for a couple of weeks. And I said, Kurt, I can't come up with anybody. I mean, you either get, you know, Justin Leonard's in his, in his fifties and, and I don't, it's his career has kind of gone odd because he's starting to play more. And so I, it's, it's, I, I said, Kurt, I can't come up with anybody. It's in that Zach Johnson uh, age range guys, that sort of, but there's not that personality. There's not that champion that, that sits out there and goes, Oh gosh, this guy will be perfect for TV. And don't you think, Jay, and this is really across all sports, is that guys make so much money, the motivation really isn't there to say, well, I need a job. They they don't. I mean, some guys want to just keep their hand in the game, uh, keep the door open for various things, and other guys are like, you know what, I've had enough, I'm good, see you later. Oh, 100%, Danny. And here's the other thing that, I mean, Davis Love was going to be this guy for CBS, and Davis is, is a, a good buddy, and he said, there is no way in hell I'm traveling that much. Hmm. I mean, because even though you're not playing, so you don't, the travel was way more than he, uh, he, he had bargained for. And so he just, he kind of gracefully stepped out and there wasn't even any sort of notification. It's all of a sudden Davis just isn't on the broadcast anymore. So it, it has to be somebody that's ready to, you know, travel another 20, 20 something weeks a year. And typically guys, what NBC does is they want to groom you and start you at the golf channel and move you up and then kind of, you know, um, increase your visibility and see if you can handle those situations. So it's just an odd time. I, I, I can't think of it. There's not one player that jumps out at me that's you'd be like, oh, yeah, this guy would be perfect for that role. Hey, Jay, one other thing, and we'll talk more next week as we hit the end of the year. But with, with the emergence of Victor Hovland in 2023 and Wyndham Clark and Ricky Fowler's return and Brian Harmon, uh, sure, John Rahm has gone to live and some of the premier guys have gone to live, but nobody watches live. Do you still think that the PGA Tour, in terms of players, not maybe in terms of the way they approach things or their financial situation, but just in terms of players, is the PGA Tour still in really good shape? Whew, Randy, it's a great question. I, I, I got to tell you, there's so much at stake in my opinion right now, because if we don't bring this, this Yasser guy to the table, he's going to continue stealing all the best players. And what he did with John Rahm, Randy, is that he kept adding $50 million to his offer until Rahm finally said, okay. <laughs> and, 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 you know, human nature kicks in after a while. I'm like, how can I pass up? you know, $500 million. It's, and this money doesn't mean anything to them. No. It doesn't mean anything to them. And, Randy, we had a gentleman's agreement that no other players would be poached until after this framework deadline, which is the, the 31st of this month, 
had passed. And we have pissed him off, our commissioner, by going out and seeking all this extra, these possible investors. We have really ticked him off. And so the John Rahm thing, in my opinion, is a shot across our bow saying, I'm not going away. If you don't bring me to the table, I'm going to just start stealing more of your players. Wow. And then we're going to have a real, I mean, think about it, guys. I, what I think we, we're going to go to is some sort of world tour, something where there's going to be a, a collection of great players playing in South America and playing in over in Saudi Arabia somewhere and playing over in England and, and, and have maybe 15 or 20 events and maybe 60 or 70 guys and have some sort of unity there. And I think that's what they're going to do. And if we don't, this is going to change the PGA Tour forever because if they keep taking all the great players, what's going to happen to the PGA Tour? Now, these kids will come up and they'll still be really good, but all these records that Jack and Tiger and everybody else hold so near and dear, and, you know, for me personally, all I ever wanted to do was hope I could make it out on the PGA Tour. Those things are going to be so minimalized because everybody's going to be playing in different events and now there's going to be new events. And this is, you know, is this is... This isn't Augusta National, but is it going to be considered a major because it's, you know, such a cool event? And there's a lot on the table. And now the, the USGA and the RNA roll back a golf ball and make it harder right, for right. the public to play golf. And I just want to blow my head off. <laughs> hey, yeah, uh, just, a, best so of show, a best of show on Sunday, right? Yeah, we have Barbara Nicholas. We have David Faraday, Brad Faxon, and uh, Andy North. And, uh, Man, we, we had some fun. Danny Mack and I had some fun. Barbara Nicholas is one of the coolest human beings on the planet, that bar none. And just she did something and called, I think she said to Dan as we, she was signing off, she said, thank you, Paul, and she hung up. And she texted me within 30 seconds and said, Jay, please apologize to Dan for me. I just called him Paul, but I am. <laughs> wow, remember. Years old. <laughs> I remember. That's she so sweet. So nice. That's great. Yeah. All right, Jay. Have, show, guys. have a great weekend and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you guys too. I love you both. Thank you, brother. You too, buddy. That's Jay Delsing with us on 101 ESPN. Coming up, we've got Take It or Leave It. Get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line 314-399-9646. 314-399-YO-HO. Take it or leave it next. Not doing it. I'm 101 ESPN. <laughs> You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Danny Mac, Matthew Rocchio, Randy Carricker. It's time for Take It or Leave It on 101 ESPN. Danny, one of my favorite people uh, that I've ever worked with is, is you. You're one of my all-time favorites. You I, too, I buddy. Love you. Uh, another of my favorites is Rick Venturi, who I stay in close touch with. He is an analyst for the Indianapolis Colts. He was linebacker's radio. coach here, right? Yeah, he was. Okay. He, he's one of my favorites. Right now, his Colts are tied for the AFC South lead with Jacksonville and Houston. All three of those teams are 8-6. and six. And uh, last night, Coach texted me and he said, I know it sounds crazy, but when you look at our remaining schedule, and that remaining schedule includes at Atlanta this week, against the Raiders at home on New Year's Eve, and then the Texans at home at the end of the season. He says, I think we're going to make the playoffs and win this division. Take it or leave it, the Colts do. Falcons, Raiders, Texans, if they win out, they win the division. And how many games of of those are at home? Uh, Two of the three. Two of the three, I'll take it. I always go with this time of year, I go with the home teams, and then I always look at, okay, for instance, 
like the Rams have the 49ers in their final game. Mm-hmm. How many of the healthy players are going to be playing for the 49ers in that game? Right. So I, I look at that, too. At what's at stake for the other team? And this late in the season, if guys are banged up and you're a team headed to the playoffs, there's no reason that you would think that they're going to put their guys out there. And so San I'll Francisco take that. is a game clear of Dallas, but really two games because they clobbered Dallas in their head-to-head. Yeah. So they, they essentially have a two-game lead over Dallas. Uh, Detroit is also 10-4. and four. San Francisco may be in a position in that game where they can't afford to lose when they play the Rams. Take it or leave it, the Buffalo Bills will make the playoffs. I'm going to take that, Daniel. They're right. on the outside looking in right now. All they have to do is win out and then... And I know this sounds terrible for Miami, but Miami's got a tough schedule. Uh, if Buffalo wins out and Miami loses one of two, either to Dallas on Christmas Eve or the Ravens on Christmas uh, New Year's Eve, both of those games are tough. And then they've got the Bills at home, Miami does, to round out the season. If Miami loses one and Buffalo wins out, and that would include a win against Miami in the closing game of the season, Buffalo would win the division. I think they're going to. Okay, I got a follow-up then. I don't don't see the Dolphins beating the Ravens. Take it or leave it, Josh Allen could wind up being the MVP of the National Football League. I'm going to leave it. Okay, I'll leave that too. However, in the odds maker's eyes, he has moved up to fourth in terms of a chance to win the NFL MVP with Brock Purdy leading the way. That's something else, isn't it? Is McCaffrey ahead of him too? No, McCaffrey is down from that point. I think McCaffrey should get... I think he should get the MVP. Jalen Hurts was in there. Dak Prescott was in there. Then you had uh, uh, Josh Allen and then McCaffrey. You know who's sneaky, too, is, and he won't get it, but, man, Jerry Goff has turned into a really good quarterback. Sure has. Five touchdowns last weekend against Denver. 28 and 26 and 10 on the season. He's got a division-winning team. Pretty good. Pretty good. Matthew, what do you have? Take it or leave it. I'm filling in. I'm filling in and fitting in. You are. Take it or leave it. The St. Louis Blues only have two players that would be considered first-line players across the NHL. Buchnevich and Kyrie are second-liners. Thomas and Colton Pareko are first-liners slash first-pairing players. Uh, I, I won't say across the NHL. I would say for the elite teams that that would be the case. That's where I was going. But not across. The, the Blues are... Still a middle of the pack team. There's the Blues have more talent than half the teams in the league. And you I think so. Yeah. And I, if you look at which is where their record is, yeah, they're right. what thirty three points. I think yeah. three out of a playoff spot. Yeah. So you're right in the middle. Right. I just and I don't want to pump up the tires of Butchnev. Kairu is not, but Butchnevich is a really talented player. And all he needs to do is stay healthy. But if you look across the NHL, do the Blues, for, would Buchnevich be a top six player for Montreal? Yeah. Would he be a top six? Maybe not for Calgary, but he probably would be for Bu- Buffalo right now. Seattle. I, I think that we underestimate his skill. Kairou has the skill. He just isn't that player. And I'm not sure about Colton. I don't think Colton's a top-pairing defenseman for every team in the league either. What kind of numbers would Robert Thomas put up if he had an elite goal scorer next to him? He's got 35 points, 32 games. He's on a pace of 90 points for the year. Now, they're thinking at some point, I would assume, that Kairou would be that guy that becomes a 35-goal scorer, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. that's fair to say when you're paying him that kind of money. Yep. But But, if, uh, if you put Robert Thomas on the line with Pasternak, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, hundred point guy. Yeah, easy. I don't even for sure. Put him on a line. Just put him on a power play with one of those guys. Yeah. I mean, the guy. He, he's 
he, you even strength goals, he's behind two players in the NHL, and they're or, or it's for centers. I mean, he's he's an elite player. It's just like you're saying, he's not surrounded by elite talent. I mean, yeah, he's a, he's a hundred points easy. Yeah. Um, take it or leave it. The Cardinals need to stop worrying about paying a ton of money for players and start shelling out money for coaches and teachers of the game who can develop this team. Oh, I've yeah. always said this, Randy. I don't know if you agree. If I ran a franchise, I would overpay for my minor league staff. I would too. I, I would get a mix of analytics and a mix of players that have been there, done that. Now, it kind of goes back into the conversation we were having with Jay Delsing, which is how many of these guys really want to do it? You know, if you've made a ton of money and you want to go ride buses in the minor leagues again, you better love the game. Well, and there are guys out there. Chris Carpenter is doing it now. Izzy would likes being around in the minor leagues. There are guys out there. You and I both have had conversations with Steve Carlton, and Steve Carlton said, "I would have loved to have done that, but they were going to pay me twenty eight thousand dollars a year." Right. You know, and Steve Carlton was making millions. You better love the game. Yeah, wouldn't you love to have a guy like not now, perhaps, but back in the day, have Steve Carlton teach your A ball players? And here's a question I have: If you are going to make that investment, if you're going to draft Jordan Walker with a first round pick and send him to A and double A AA and triple A, why don't you give him the best teachers available? Don't you? Think think that's why you're bringing in Yadier Molina? Yes. I mean, you, you got Contreras. It, it was tough to watch defensively at times last year. You have $78 million wrapped up in that deal, and you're in year two coming up. You're not going to learn from a better guy defensively right. than Yadi. Right. And exactly. I'm talking game planning, yeah. everything. Protect your investment. It's, it's like if you have those guys, if you have those great teachers, you are enhancing your investment in, in your young players. It just makes sense to me. And for last year, the Cardinals, I believe, had the fewest number of coaches at each minor league outpost of any team in Major League Baseball. Of, of any affiliate, all of their affiliated teams have fewer coaches than the other franchises, especially the elite franchises. And that is not the Cardinal way. The Cardinal way has always been about doing a great job of teaching and preparing players for the major league level. Now, you mentioned analytics. It's about the process, and it's about teaching players individually with video how to perform well. Well, you know what? That's a problem because players aren't being taught how to win. Players are being taught how to have launch angle, right? They're, they're being taught how to throw hard, but are they being taught how to make winning plays? Well, I think part of the problem is is that you've had the influx of all these different camps, if you will, showcases yep. where these kids just, you know, they're not going to get signed by moving a runner over. They're going to get signed mm -hmm. by hitting the ball in the gap or hitting it over the wall or throwing 98 miles an hour. That, that's just the way it is. So I, the, to me, the place with young players, analytics is there because it can show them what they're doing. Mm -hmm. But then you have to have somebody teach you yeah. either why it's effective or how to use it effectively or not. Yep. And to your point, this is not all the fault of Major League Baseball because from the time kids are five until the time they're drafted at 18, it's all about individualism and not about playing. Ag agreed. 100%. And you don't learn how to play. I mean, right. hit the cut, run the bases, right. little things like that. That's Danny. I'm Randy. It is the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Coming up, Yoshi Yamamoto is a rich man this morning, but how much is it going to help the Dodgers win? That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Today's top stories. It's the Opening Drive's fresh take. 
The Dodgers, Scott, are getting an anomaly. Uh, you know, Yoshinobu Yamamoto is five foot ten and 176 pounds, and Yamamoto is a power pitcher in the making of Pedro Martinez and Tim Lincecum and other small guys who know how to impart power on the baseball. And, you know, he doesn't lift weights, does stretching and yoga and breathing, but he has somehow figured out how to perfect his body to throw a baseball at exceptional speeds up to 99 miles per hour with a split-fingered fastball that is otherworldly and a curveball that drops five and a half feet. That's Jeff Passan good. ESPN. <laughs> yeah. You just wonder about Yamamoto, who has agreed to a 12-year, $325 million contract. As Passan mentioned, 5'10", 176 pounds. The, I think the mound is a little bit taller in Japan. And is he going to be able to withstand the rigors of six months of Major League Baseball? I think that's the the question that I have for every pitcher that is that slight. Yeah, I I think, too, at some point over the 12 years, we're talking off the air, Tommy John. Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody gets it. At some point, he's going to get it. I I think when I look at it, one of the aspects that I think will go up for him is strikeouts. He averaged nine per nine last year. He was... 16 and 6 with a 1-2-1 ERA and he gave up a total by the way of two home runs. But you're talking about yeah. a league that is is you know puts more emphasis on contact. Right. And this is a league that doesn't. This is a league that puts more emphasis on driving the ball out of the ballpark which leads me to believe that he's going to have more strikeouts per 9 than he did a year ago. Yeah, that certainly is a distinct possibility. And Dan, you and I have been looking at this from a super team standpoint, and the Dodgers are going to be great. We know that they're going to be a really good team. They get Gavin Lux back at shortstop, so they'll have, they, they brought Muncie back to play third. It'll be Lux at shortstop. They'll have a little battle at second base, but then Freeman and then an outfield of uh, Taylor and Josh Altman and presumably Jason Hayward. Which right. Is kind and Betts at second. Uh, yeah, right. Mookie Betts at second. Yeah. And then uh, Will Smith behind the plate. So you've got your your top six in the lineup are, are really good. And your pitching, your starting pitching is going to be really good. They'll make a bullpen. They'll be a really good team. But economically, they will be a superpower. Oh, yeah. With those two players that they've acquired this offseason, Yamamoto and Shohei Otani, from a Major League Baseball standpoint, they will be the franchise that owns Japan. I wonder why other teams, like a New York Yankees or the Mets, why they just didn't blow the uh, Dodgers out of the water mm-hmm. with this and say, okay, the union of Otani, Yamamoto, and the Japanese fan base, the money on marketing is going to be enormous, and this is going to help us pay for these two contracts. Or in this case, if you're the Yankees or the Mets, it's going to pay for the Yamamoto deal, which is 12 years, 325. And as I mentioned earlier, did not include the $50.6 million posting fee for a guy that has never thrown a pitch in Major League Baseball, which is amazing to me. Um, I, I would think that Otani pays for himself. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of talk about that. And I would think that Yamamoto will be in the, the same boat to an extent. And Dan, uh, I, I'm with you 100% there. And I think they'll be great on and off the field. But I want to lend some perspective here. And the Dodgers are a different animal. But think about this. You mentioned earlier that the Cardinals and Bush Stadium were sold to a group led by Bill DeWitt 28 years ago today 
for $150 million. And then they wound up selling the parking garages for 90, right? They, they wound up actually paying 60 million when you take away the parking garage revenue, 60 million for the franchise and the ballpark. $60 million 28 years ago. Now, in the last couple of weeks, the Dodgers have given more than a billion dollars to two players. It's unbelievable, <laughs> man. When you put it in those terms, yeah. it's just, it's eye-popping. But they don't do it unless they think they're going to get a return on their investment. Exactly. And so, the, clearly, they believe that these guys will pay for themselves. Yeah, and it tells me baseball's doing fine. And the Dodgers are, Oh yeah. Uh, Jeff Passan used the term anomaly for Yamamoto. Well, when you look at what baseball is doing and what teams are able to pay, the fact that the Cardinals can give Sonny Gray $25 million a year, uh, the the fact that Glass now gets his money. We haven't even mentioned him. What is it, 125 Yeah. yeah. 125 for Tyler Glass now who's pitched sparingly at times yep. in his career. Yep, but the Giants give uh, a massive contract to a Korean outfielder. And uh, free agents are going to come off the shelves now at a pretty high level, baseball's doing just fine revenue-wise. I don't think that we need to hold any bake sales for Major League Baseball. I guess the question now, if you're a Cardinal fan and if you had any hopes of Yamamoto, now he's off the board, remaining options. You got Dylan Cease, Logan Gilbert maybe, Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery, Jesus Lizardo is out there, mm-hmm. Shane Bieber, maybe Framber Valdez. There's some names. I, I just... I think they're content with what they've got in their rotation, and most of their focus is going to be on the bullpen. I think so. I'll tell you what. I'd give up a lot to get Valdez. Oh, he's big game pitcher, too. Yeah, he's a stud. What do you think of Josh Hader? I like Hader, but here's the thing, Dan. From the Cardinals' perspective, if you and I go back in 2004, Izzy was their closer at the beginning of the season at the end of the season. In 2006, when they went to the World Series... It was Adam Wainwright, rookie. He didn't start the season as the Cardinal closer. 2011, it's Jason Mott at the end of the season. He didn't start the season at the Cardinal as the Cardinal closer. 2013, <laughs> it was Rosie, right? They had Mujica, and it wound up being Rosie. That's right. I, I do th- go along with the idea that the closer is a fungible position, and you can you, you can find a guy. The only problem I have with that, where I would disagree, is that you look at what the Cardinals have in Ryan Helsley when mm-hmm. available. When available. When available is the problem. Yeah. He's right. got to be more available. Right. And maybe Tink Hentz winds up being the guy. Maybe Graceffo winds up being the guy. But would I give a four-year $80 million contract to a closer? I don't think so. Just because of – and I just listed the Cardinals. If you look at most teams, now over the course of the last couple of years, yes, the closer, Presley for Houston, uh, and uh, this year – uh, for for the Rangers, uh, it's been an all year proposition. But outside of Mariano Rivera for the Yankees, most World Series championship teams wind up having a different closer at the end than they had at the beginning. Isn't it interesting how that works out yeah. too? I mean, the hardest thing in baseball, in my mind, to do if you're sitting in that GM chair or president of baseball operations is trying to figure out your bullpen year to year. I mean, Gallegos two years ago is lights out, and last year. Eh, not so. Yeah. I mean, well, you went out a lot when he came into games. You're anticipating it's going to be a lot better. So now, mm-hmm. now maybe this year they're thinking, okay, it's it's going to go back to the mean and, and you're going to have a guy that performs at the level that you've seen in the past. 
but again, that's there's, there's a lot of what ifs with this club, right. and there's a lot of what ifs across Major League Baseball. It's not just the Cardinals, mm-hmm. but looking at it at this point. I think bullpen is where they have to look at when they start spending some more yes. money or making trades. And a depth. A depth in the bullpen. Not just one guy, yes. but they, they need multiple guys. That's Dan. I'm Randy. That's today's Fresh Take on 101 ESPN. Coming up, we're going to talk to Joey V about the victorious blues here on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Live from the Car Shield Studio, this is the opening drive on 101 ESPN. We're efforting uh, Joey V. But, uh, yeah, he runs, Dan, on Friday mornings. He, he, oh, he goes he? for a run every Friday morning, regardless of what the weather is. It's raining here in St. Louis, for those of you that are out of the market and aren't paying attention to the weather here in St. Louis. But, uh, yeah, Joey V, doesn't matter. Cold, snow, rain, sleet, whatever. He's kind of like the U.S. Postal Service, except faster. Uh, he, he, he runs. I would imagine, though, that today's a little tougher because I'm sure his wife has been busy with their kids, getting ready for Christmas. Yeah. They're fired up. And so he's been in Florida. He's been on the beach in Florida. And uh, they probably got in pretty late last night. Mm -hmm. And so it's a quick turnaround if you want to make that run and then make it in time for what is his scheduled visit on a Friday morning with uh, the opening drive. Yeah. So... You know, I guess we're going to have to f- just uh, fight on through this. And yeah. No, he's, he's checking in going. right now. I think we're going to uh, we're going to have Joey V on the show uh, in mere moments, I believe. Are you nervous? I am. <laughs> Are you? I always am. Yeah. Nervous when a guest doesn't call in and you're you're trying to fill, oh, Randy. You haven't been doing this very long. I have to fill time. You haven't done it very long. I can see where you'd get nervous. Danny, I'm, uh, I'm beyond 40 years. You're 40 years now? How many years? years? 40 years in radio, yeah. That's, Congratulations. Thank you. It was uh, in May. With the night that uh, John Elway got traded, 1983. We're just old dudes, man. We, we are. Joey V is with us now on 101 ESPN, one of our favorite people in the world. Uh, Joey V, Merry Christmas, and looking forward to, I know, the Godfather. How are you doing this morning? Randy, Danny, man, I'm so sorry. I had a, had a diaper change up there and uh, a bit of a blowout, and, uh, you know, that's how it goes. Godfather, I can't wait. I can't wait for Godfather. It is my go-to Christmas movie. Randy, you have an amazing moment. Thank you for remembering you got it. And uh, I think all of us, uh, Dan, Joey, Randy, uh, I think we should all be commended for being so good at changing diapers because all mm-hmm. of us, I think, became very proficient at that. A lot of experience. Mm-hmm. A ton of experience. I mean, listen, it's it's almost like a game to me. It's like a game to me. You know, my biggest fault, my biggest uh, bugaboo hiccup as a dad, and I, I'm almost embarrassed to admit this, you know when you transfer your kids from like the, uh, like the strap-on diapers to like the pull-ups? Mm-hmm. So my first baby, Dan, I mean, hopefully you guys can appreciate this, Randy. I'm, um, and I think some, some parents out there have got a feel for me here. I can't be the only one. There's no way I'm the only one. So we transfer our kids to pull-ups at like one or two. I can't remember the age. And my oldest, Summer, of course. And, you know, she, she, drops, a, she drops a number two, right? So, you know, you pull it up, you pull them off. Like when you go potty, you pull them up, you pull them off. Sure. Just the way it is. Like it goes one way up, one way out. And then, of course, she goes to n- n- number two. And I'm like, man, this is going to be messy pulling these things off. So I'm trying to pull off these. And I, I did this, guys, for like three weeks. And I'm constantly pulling these diapers off when she's got extra baggage in the back in the back seat there. And it's like running down the leg. It's all over the carpet. I'm like, and finally my wife catches me. And she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, 
Well, they're pull-ups. Like, why would, you, why would anyone invent a pull-up diaper? She's like, honey, you just ripped the side. I'm like, oh, <laughs> ripped the side, of course. Because I'm not saving it for anything, of course. So that was my that was my one hiccup when it came to pull-ups with diapers that uh, I don't I'm not very proud of. But uh, I certainly learned a lot. That's what fatherhood's all about. You just did, learn, Joe, live and learn. Joey did the same thing, so don't feel bad. Yeah, me too. Okay, oh, did. Okay, good. I mean, yeah. this, this, this should be. Uh, I mean, can't can't they make an extra chapter on uh, what to expect when you're expecting for dads? Something. <laughs> like about the pull up the pull up chapter hey dudes you don't need to necessarily pull them off they're just meant to pull up yeah and you know what it's they they say whatever comes up must come down so you, it seemed like if it's a pull up it's pulled down that's just logic <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> well so, hopefully no one's having breakfast as we're talking this morning yeah, really. but uh, hey Joey did you run this morning uh, no run this morning. I've been I've been slacking. Boy, I've been slacking, Randy. And you know it's been uh, it's been one big long road trip uh, yeah. for the Blues. And they finally got a little home stand coming up here, a little home cooking, which is going to be nice. But no, I, I chose to I chose weakness. And I chose to sleep in this morning, and and, I, and I'm feeling for it too. This run club I'm a part of. It um, it's a great thing when you're there, but man, you don't show up. There's an accountability factor, and it's like an ongoing thread for like four days about the time that Joey missed the run. So I'll be feeling the heat here pretty soon. What did you think of the game last night? A four-one win for the Blues. Doesn't Dan? It was a great game. Um, the Blues had a lot of success there in Southern Florida. I thought Joel Hofer uh, did what he needed to do. I think the bounces came very early for him. We saw three post. While wow, it was still a zero-zero game, they got pass over one from Bennett, one from Kachuk, and then one of that the flutter one there in the second period. Uh, all three pipes, and there was one that even Verhage had on the wraparound that kind of was playing tiptoe and and dancing on the goal line that ended up not going in too. So, you know, a lot of times, especially when you come off a struggling start like he did a few weeks ago against Arizona, you know, getting a bounce, get a bounce early. I thought he got the bounce early, but then man, he made some great saves down the stretch as Florida started putting the hamper on. Uh, but that was the epitome of what St. Louis Blues hockey will be successful with this year if they can continue to play that way. And that's tight defensively. They didn't give up a lot. Uh, not a lot of grade-A chances in front of the net. And then when you get opportunities, you take advantage of some odd man rushes with the other team cheating, you got, you got to take advantage of them. And that's what that Robert Thomas line did. Of course, Jordan Kyrou led the way there. Uh, but overall, just a wonderful performance, top to bottom, and uh, certainly a great win to wrap up that little road trip. And, and now they got one more against the Chicago Blackhawks. We'll pay back tomorrow night against, uh, against the Hawks here on the Enterprise Center Ice. Hey, Joe, you mentioned for yourself the word accountability. What's your feeling about, since Drew Bannister took over, about the accountability of these people? Because that seemed to me to be the biggest bugaboo under Craig Bruby, that there was just a lack of accountability in terms of effort. So you're on the team every day. Has that changed? And you know, I, I'll, I'll say there, Randy, to your point, I think that it wasn't because Craig Berube didn't enforce accountability. I think it was just maybe just got a little stale at times. And I think certain personalities just uh, it got old after a while. And, and he just kind of, you know, to some some ways kind of maybe lost the room just a little bit. Uh, but he every day he, he preached accountability and he, and he would bench guys. And he would sit guys. He'd move guys around. He'd make guys watch the game from the Raptors. So but it was really something where I think the players just over time uh, got a little tired of it. Now you look at Drew Bannister, uh, and I think he does it the same way. I mean, we saw uh, some benching. We saw some players that missed some shifts. Uh, I think a really good growth moment for Drew Bannister happened over the last two games when that's, of course, you sit Drew, uh, excuse me, Drew Bannister, you sit Pavel Buchnevich in the Tampa Bay game for the final 10 minutes, right? He had three hooking penalties on that game. He spent six minutes in the penalty box, and then you put the power play on the ice for Tampa, which is, was clicking at 30%, and it hurt the Blues. It did. So Drew Bannister just said, hey, number 89, you're going to sit here. You're going to watch for the last 10 minutes. 
Okay, so a lot of people think, man, that's kind of crazy. Here's a 200-foot player, your best 200-foot player in Pavel Buchnevich, and Drew Bannister in his third game in is already going to sit the young man. How is this going to look? Well, fast forward to last night's game. Just one game later, Pavel Buchnevich gets the two goals, but what's really important about the growth of Bannister and the trust between player and coach is it was a two-goal game late, it was a 3-1 game, and then, of course, at the very end, who did he put out there to, to, save the, to save the lead, of course, and he got the empty net goal was Pavel Buchnevich. So it's the accountability of, hey, when things don't go well, you're going to have to pay a price for it. But we play well, we're going to give you that trust right back. And he did it the very next game. Hey, Joey, one of the things that Chief talked about, he was on with uh, BK and Ferrario the other day, and he said a big part of it is your leadership. And I really hadn't thought of it in that perspective, but you've been on teams and heck, Crosby and Malkin have been leadership forever in Pittsburgh and they, they probably help Mike Sullivan because they, they are uh, the, the the conduit between him and the, the lesser players. Do you think it would have been different, not that they could have kept O'Reilly and we know Alexander Steen retired, but if you have O'Reilly and Shen and Petro, does the message get transferred more easily rather than having a different leadership core? Yeah, it definitely does. It definitely does because they have experience, right? I mean, if you, if you still have Petro and O'Reilly and, you know, players like that, if you, you know, if Dave Bowman should go on injury, is the messaging across sooner? I mean, absolutely, Randy. I mean, that's, that, that's just a fact. Uh, but then you have to look at the flip side of that. You know, the flip side of that is at what point do you move on from the veteran players? Because at some point you have to move on. Right. I mean, I was a part right. of the Arizona organization with Shane Doan. And, you know, Shane, Shane was hanging around. Hanging, it was one year after one year after one year after one year. And, you know, meanwhile, you have some other players like Clayton Keller that are looking to kind of take the reins. And, but they're always living in, in Shane Doan's shadow. I mean, look at the twins up there, the Sedin twins up in Vancouver. That's another perfect example. Look how Vancouver's playing now. It took them a couple of years to move on from the Sandine kind of uh, era. But you have to eventually figure out, yes, it's going to be certainly great for a lot of buy-in in certain situations of this hockey club if we keep these veterans. But if we keep these veterans, are we hindering some of the younger players? Um, you know, so there's plenty, plenty of examples of like that around the league. You know, Ryan Getzlaff is another example. Could he have played another year in Anaheim? Probably. Would Anaheim have been in a better spot today than, than if they were or he wasn't playing? Absolutely. But the problem with that is now you don't have give, you know, give players like Troy Terry an opportunity to to showcase himself and work through the ups and downs. And, and that's what's happening right now. It, it's a growing pain. It's a transition. But that's exactly what it is. It's a transition that takes time. And so for Robert Thomas and the Kairos and the Pichnevichs and even the Colton Parecos, those players that were kind of living in those Petro O'Reilly shadows for so long, as great as that was, you have to be you have to know when to move that on and also have the expectation that it's going to be a couple of years of, of some growing pains. And that, that's so I think what they're going through, they're taking some great steps in the right direction. Uh, but I think because you move those veteran players on like Doug Armstrong did within about three or four more years, now you, you have that same presence, that same veteran accountability presence. But now you have a lot younger players, 10 years younger than the players you would have had them with. Hey, Joey, you got 30 seconds left. Just your impressions of Connor Bedard for fans that are going down to the rink tomorrow and just what you've seen with the expectations around him. I mean, listen, he's flashy. I don't know. He's Instagram flashy, Dan. I don't know. I, I'm old school. I, li- I like a little meat. I like a little grind. I like someone to forecheck and bang and, you know, you know get on the hunt. And to me, I, I'm just – it's my old blood. I, I think that, you know, from an Instagram standpoint, a social media standpoint, he does all the right things. He checks all the right boxes. Uh, but he's a young kid, and he's going to grow into it. I think he's on the, on the right track. He's got an incredible shot. Fans that are going there, you're going to see his shot in warm-ups. Uh, the release is incredible. 
Uh, he can hurt the Blues if they don't stay on top of him. But one thing the Blues have done very well this year, Dan, is they've been in his shadow. They stayed on top of him, and they have not allowed any success for him. But, but a terrific young man and incredibly mature beyond his age uh, in the league. And, of course, uh, looking forward to seeing him again tomorrow night. Hey, awesome. Joey V, one last thing. Uh, and you know this. You do a great job of it. But this is a Christmas with the age of your kids and, and your family situation. You really have to slow it down and savor it. I want you to do that for me. Just to take everything in so that you have that picture in your mind's eye forever of this very Christmas. Oh, that's first of all, that's great advice. I hope a lot of people out there are listening. Uh, it, it really is. And, you know, there's so much going on. And, and just to take a moment, I don't know what slowing down looks like, but I'm, I'm going <laughs> to do some soul searching here, Andy, over the next, you know, 24 to 48 hours. And, and hopefully I can discover something like that because that would mean a whole lot to me. And as, as you guys as well, and you guys have a wonderful Merry Christmas. I always enjoy our morning chats. And we'll be talking next week. All right, Joey V. Love you. Take care. See you later. Love you guys. Take care now. Thank you. Joe Vitale with us on 101 ESPN. He is great. He's a, he is the, the most curious person we know. Coming up, Dan and Matthew. Are, and the, you thought Carrie enjoyed me losing the fight. You got two guys here that love me losing the no. fight. No, no, no. I'm, I'm turning a new leaf. You have? Yeah, I want to see you dominate and come out. No, I don't. I want to see Average (laughs) Joe come in here and kick your butt, Randy. That's what I figured. (laughs) The fight is next. Do you need a fighter, Matthew? Uh, Yes, we do need a fighter. All you need to do is text in to 314-399-9646, 314-399-YO-HO, with your name and the word fight, and maybe you'll fight me next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the fight in the red corner, Average Joe Listener. And in the blue corner, the undisputed king of Morning Drive. Please welcome Randy Carricker. 8.37 in St. Louis. Time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers. This is the opening drive. I'm Danny Mack. Matthew Rocchio, manning the board. Our producer today, Randy, has stepped out. We have the fight. Let's welcome in Alex to 101 ESPN. Hello, Alex, and happy holidays to you. Hey, happy holidays to you too, guys. Are you ready to take on Randy? Yeah, let's do it. All right, you know how this works. You'll get the options. Randy will not. He can choose the options for one question, potentially, and away we go. Question number one, Hall of Fame wide receiver Lance Allworth is mostly known for his AFL Charger days, but which team did he win a Super Bowl with? Was it Baltimore, the Colts, the Dallas Cowboys, or the Miami Dolphins? Let's go with the Colts. Final answer? Final answer. Not 100%, but final answer. Question two. The Dodgers have a history of record-breaking contracts for pitchers, giving out the first $100 million deal to this pitcher. Was that Kevin Brown, Pedro Martinez, or Bartolo Colon? What was the first option again? Kevin Brown. Let's go with Kevin Brown. I don't know if the other two played for the Dodgers. Final answer? Final answer. Back in the early 2000s, which Blues enforcer logged a game with 50 penalty minutes in back-to-back seasons? Was it Cam Jansen, Reed Lowe, or Tony Twist? Cam Jansen. Final answer? Final answer. 
All right, number four. Eric Gagne is the last relief pitcher to win the NL Cy Young, but which Hall of Famer is the last relief pitcher to take home the award in the American League? Is that Francisco Rodriguez, Mariano Rivera, or Dennis Eckersley? I believe it was K-Rod, Francisco Rodriguez. Final answer, sir. Final answer. All right, Alex, how you feeling? Because Rock is going to go get Randy. How you feeling and how you did? Not 100%. That AFL question stumped me. Have you ever played Randy in the fight? I have not. This is my first time. Okay, first time uh, to take on Randy, Mr. Megamind, Mr. Know-it-all, and he's going to let you know if he wins. You know that. It's going to come, and he rubs it in your face. <laughs> That's how he rolls. Wouldn't expect, wouldn't expect anything less. Okay. All right, at least you know what's about to happen, yeah. potentially. Yep. Randy, are you ready? I'm ready, Dan. You sure? As ready as I'm going to be. Hall of Fame wide receiver Lance Allworth mm-hmm. is mostly known for his AFL Charger days. Yes. But which team did he win a Super Bowl with? Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? Is that your final answer? Final answer, sir. Number 19. Question two. The Dodgers have a history of record-breaking contracts for pitchers, giving out the first ever $100 million deal to this pitcher. I'm going to go with Kevin Brown, $105 million. Back in the early 2000s, which Blues enforcer logged a game with 50 penalty minutes in back-to-back seasons? In the 2000s? Yes, sir. Uh, you know, I'm going to go with Losey. I'm going to go with Reed Lowe. I think he might have set the Blues record uh, in a game against Chicago. So I'm going to go with Reed Lowe. Matthew, question four, please. All right, sorry. Randy's... Camera's not on. I'm going to try to oh, rectify that. Picture. I will figure that out during the break. I'm not sure why no. it's not on. This but, is why uh, he's a video engineer, everybody. <laughs> there we go. I think I got it. Nope. That's well. Oh, there's. Okay. I can't get everybody in the same shot. People, Hold on people a want to see my face. Yeah, people just want to see Randy and oh. Danny Mac and not me. But right now, there's Randy and Danny Mac. People okay. are wondering. Are, are they wondering what your shirt means? Go medium and sometimes stay out. Yeah. Instead of because okay. my shirt says the hard Christmas shirt. Okay. Oh, there you go. Um, it's gorgeous, now, too. Randy Thank is you. now back on camera. Sorry, sorry, everybody. Uh, question, number, question number four. Eric Gagne is the last relief pitcher to win the NL Cy Young, but which Hall of Famer is the last relief pitcher to win the AL Cy Young? Hall of Fame relief pitcher that won the AL Cy Young. Well, it would not have been... Raleigh Fingers, who won in 1981 because Willie Hernandez won in 1984. I'm guessing that uh, we're looking at Mariano Rivera here. I'll do the lifeline. I'm I'm assuming that it was Rivera, but let's do the lifeline here. Francisco Rodriguez. Not Hall of Fame. Mariano Rivera. Hall of Fame. Or Dennis Eckersley. Ooh, there you go. I forgot about Eck. Yeah, that year where he walked like five guys. I'll go with Eck. Okay. Shall we check our answers? Yeah, uh, no, we don't have to pull a calculator out on this one. We're going to not, not not a close fight here. And so, Randy Carricker, you're trying to top off two full weeks of undefeated fight wins going into your holiday. Are you confident in that? Uh, no, I'm crossing my fingers. You're crossing your fingers. All right. Does Randy Carricker continue his reign of dominance going into the holidays, or does Alex... Does he got a little Grinch in him pulling off one last victory before the holidays? Ring that bell. The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Carricker. Go crazy, folks. Go crazy.
I owe you that. Oh, there we go. There we go. Sorry, Randy. Oh, no worries. Oh, Randy's happy if he wins. He doesn't care if you mess up. <laughs> it's all he cares about. Randy did hit the jack there with a 4-1 victory thing down. over Alex. It's too long. <laughs> Alex. Just give me... Give me uh, Al Davis. That's not Al Davis. That's what I like to hear. There it is. Alex, Randy Carriker beat you 4-1 today. Too long, fight. Randy. You're rubbing it in. Be gracious. Be let's, gracious. Let's go. I have nothing to do with this. Yes, you do. You have all the buttons right in front of you. Hit all of them. Let's go through the questions and answers. All of fame wide receiver Lance Allworth, mostly known for his days in the AFL with the Chargers, but he did in fact join the Cowboys and win Super Bowl six with the Dallas Cowboys. The Dodgers have a history of record-breaking contracts. Oh, I got contracts. a question for Randy. Was, yeah. was his nickname Bambi? Yes, it was. Good. That's right. Well okay. Yep. Baby facing with, with a long stride. Uh, giving out the first $100 million deal to Kevin Brown, in fact, after his uh, incredible season with the Padres. Back in the early 2000s, it was, in fact, Reed Lowe who put together back to who put together two games with 50 penalty minutes, including one against the Red Wings, which I had a feeling made Randy Carricker extremely happy. Mm-hmm. And Eric Gagne, the last relief pitcher to win the NL Cy Young, but it was, in fact, Dennis Eckersley in the early 90s who took home the AL Cy Young. Mariano Rivera finished third twice and second twice in Cy Young voting in his illustrious career. So a 4-1 win for Randy Carricker in the fight today. Alex, thank you so much for joining the fight and joining the show today. Thanks for having me, guys. Happy holidays. And Danny Mac, congrats on uh, full-time at 101. I appreciate it. Looking forward to it. Got Randy here with me. Looking forward to Brooke. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Yeah, thank you, Alex. And, and Dan, one thing to remember as you traverse this uh, full-time yeah. job here at 101 ESPN during the fight, yeah, I know. Yeah. I you need to take that thing away from you. <laughs> no yohos and take that thing away from you. Well, yoho is a is a key part of uh, this whole thing. Yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> well, I I will fight for. Well, I, I will fight for yoho. Take that thing away from him right now. That's got to go. <laughs> By the way, Eck was pretty good with the Cardinals. He doesn't get enough credit. I think he, he was had really good. Back-to-back 30-save seasons, or he had 36 one year or something like that Yep, in 96. Does that sound right? right. Yeah, When they got him? At the age of like 44, 45. It's incredible. It was before 2004. So, yeah, pretty good. Pretty impressive. Well, you were impressive on the fight. I'm not going to get over it. No. What's next, Rockio? Thank you, Alex. Coming up here on 101 ESPN, (laughs) uh, we're going to talk with our buddy Mike Kelly. The voice of the Tigers. Bragging rights game tonight, brought to you by McBride Homes. And uh, Michael will join us next year on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Randy Carricker, Matthew Rocchio, the bragging rights game tonight at Enterprise Center. Can't wait for that. The voice of the Tigers, Mike Kelly, is with us now. The newest member of the St. Louis Sports Hall of Fame. He'll be inducted on February 12th over in Collinsville. And uh, Mike, congratulations on being named to the St. Louis Sports Hall of Fame. Well-deserved. How are you doing this morning? I'm well, thank you. Thank you. That was one that, uh, I mean, literally came completely out of the blue for me. I mean, just uh, was was totally... Uh, Totally shocked and, and overwhelmed when uh, when my friend Wes Edwards uh, told me about it prior to I think the Florida football game. So uh, yeah, thank you. It's it's neat. How y'all doing? We're doing good. Excited about this. How many bragging rights games for you? Do you know off the top of your head? 
Uh, well, what is this? Is name? I've done everyone. Uh, well, I've missed one since since the start of the nineteen. Uh, well, since eighty nine ninety, I've missed one. Okay, ninety nine. So ninety three was the game of all games. Would you yeah. agree with that? That was the incredible triple overtime game. I would. I mean, it was a, it was an amazing game, Dan. It was uh, there were so many different things. Last one played on on you know the old lady on Oakland Avenue. Um, you know, just one of those things where two different times uh, down five with with less than a minute to play in regulation, down five with 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 less than a minute to play in the first overtime. Kwan Garris misses two free throws at the end of the second overtime, a ninety one percent free throw shooter, and then Missouri somehow with a uh, you know Jason Sutherland, Derek Grimm. Um, you know, a bunch of young guys and, and Lamont Frazier uh, on the court after Booker and all those guys had fouled out, uh, found a way to uh, found a way to win it. It was it was it was an incredible, incredible evening. And the worst part was trying to get up the next morning and do uh, early morning sports at our favorite <laughs> radio station on One Memorial Drive. You were always so sweet to me, Mike, in those mornings. You were always in a great mood. You had your coffee. You were you were just a, a bundle of joy. <laughs> no comment from Mike Kelly. I got it. I miss you, I miss you too, buddy. Yeah. Hey, Michael. Uh, this particular team is—it uh, appears to be ascending. And we talked to Dennis Gates yesterday, and he's really proud of the schedule that he put together. That this team is going to be battle tested, and this is just another example. But you see them every day. Is this Tiger basketball team getting incrementally better as they go along? Yeah, I, I think you got to look at it full scope because you know you you thought those that followed this team when they were putting it together, um, you know, you think the two leading scorers before the season starts are going to be Caleb Grill and John Tanche, and you're without both those guys uh, for you know the last several games. Tanje did return and played less than eight minutes, uh, scored three points against Seton Hall in his first game in, in, in after missing four straight on Sunday. So, you know, you've had to make some adjustments along the way, um, you know, and, and so, you know, you got guys that I think are, are trying to settle into different roles. You've got young guys that are, that are getting better every time they step on the court, Anthony Robinson, Trent Paris and Jordan Butler, um, you know, and then, then you've got other guys that just have to be more consistent, um, you know, and, and so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a team that uh, I, I think is continuing to get it better. Um, you know, and, and is I don't think is the final product what you see right now. I think it's going to going to, based on what we saw with last year's team and the way that, that Dennis Gates and his staff, you know, handles things. It'll it'll be a team that will continue to improve. What's it like being around Dennis Gates, Mike? Uh, haven't been around him, but he just seems like such a likable guy, and he's doing a hell of a oh, job. He just yeah, seems like a great you know, guy to be around. Yeah, he's 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 genuine, you know, and it's from the word go. I mean, from the jump, when the day he was introduced, um, I was asked to do an interview with him on the court at Mizzou Arena about uh, an hour before he was introduced, and uh, you know, he comes walking in, and, and 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 my late father used to always say, if you want another man's attention, you look him right in the eye. And from the from the word go, I mean, Dennis Gates came walking up, looked me right in the eye, introduced himself. We and then we kind of clicked, and uh, I I just enjoy working with him. He's he's genuine. He's consistent. Um, he's 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 smarter uh, uh, than 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 a, a number of people that he encounters. But then he but but he's also one of those guys that 
he has so much confidence in what he's doing that as a young coach, he's not afraid to listen to the opinions and input of others. And uh, I've seen young coaches that would only listen to what they thought was right as opposed to getting input from others. Um, and so, you know, watching Dennis work is just uh, is, is just is fantastic. I mean, I wish he wouldn't stand in front of me as much as he does <laughs> because my lower back takes a little bit of, a, of abuse on game day. But, no, I mean, his, he's put together a phenomenal staff, just a group of really, really diligent, intelligent, hardworking guys that are, uh, you know, that are building this thing. And it's going to be it's going to be fun to watch. And, you know, I, I think one of the other things as you talk about growing pains is, you know, if you look at the future of Missouri basketball, you better beat Mizzou now because it's going to become increasingly more difficult as as Dennis Gates and his staff continue to recruit to the level that they're recruiting. The voice of the Tigers, Mike Kelly, with us on 101 ESPN. Is it safe to use the old cliche, and it's the ultimate cliche, throw the records out the window for the Bragging Rights game? Is it, Because it seems like many times, not more times than not, but many times the team that is not expected to win does. Well, what was Illinois ranked 16th last year and got beat by 22? Right, right. Um, you know, um, yeah, I, I think I think in any rivalry setting you can do that. I mean, my lands look at uh, and, and, and granted, I mean Kentucky's a better team than Louisville. And, and last night it was a game, it was a nine point game. Then you look up at halftime and, and Louisville's down 20 on their home court. So um, yeah, I, th- I think you can say that with a rivalry game. It's it, it's you know, in it, it's just such a special special setting right with um you know for the most part the crowd split in half and um you know when one team goes on a run their crowd responds when the other team goes on a run their crowd responds um and then you know if 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 it's out of hand like it's been on both sides during the course of the last you know 43 years um, you know, there's there's a side that's 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 kind of quiet and, and heads to the exit somewhere early. So, um, you know, it's just I, I think I'd agree with that because you know it comes down to you know who makes shots, who defends, and 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 and, and who can get their crowd into the game uh, to to take away as much of that neutral site flavor as you can. Do you have a favorite memory, Mike? Does one come to mind from this game? Um, well, you mentioned it off the top. I mean, you know, the 93 game um, is something that I'll always remember. And, uh, you know, just because of – you kind of understand. I mean, just a couple weeks earlier, Missouri gone to Arkansas and got beat by 52 on the dedication game in Bud Walton Arena. Um, and then, you know, Mizzou comes to to St. Louis after beating Coppin State on a, on a, on a late shot by – Lamont Frazier and, you know, wins the game in triple overtime, um, you know, with, with a number of players, Javon Crudup on the bench with fouls, Melvin Booker on the bench with fouls. I mean, it literally was Lamont Frazier and the kids leading Missouri back, um, you know, in, in, in the overtime periods. But then what that game meant to that Missouri team that would go on to become the only team ever to go through the regular season in the Big Eight at fourteen and zero, and then eventually go to um, you know the regional finals and be one step away from the Final Four before running into a really really good Arizona team led by uh, Damon Stoudemire and Khalid Reeves. It was it was just a it, it was a really just a huge springboard 
for for that team back in the 93-94 season. It's funny, uh, I, Mike, I was just mentioning Paulo Linney yesterday. I had forgotten that that was the same year, the, the Paulo Linney year where he showed up after that Arkansas loss. Yeah, you know what's funny is that I, I'll, I'll never forget this. I'd driven in to do Tiger Talk. Uh, so driven in from St. Louis on a Monday to do Tiger Talk during the football season after the Arkansas game. And I got in town early, so I go to the Hearn Center, and, and I'm walking down the stairs of the Hearn Center uh, to go see Coach Stewart. And I'm looking over in the corner, and I've seen this kid shooting by himself on this basket. And it's like I've never seen the kid before in my life, and and he's not he's not missing. Like literally, like every shot he's shooting is going in. And Coach Stewart comes up the the stairs to meet me in about uh, about B level, and we start talking. I said, Coach, I said who in the hell is that? And he looks at me, he says, Ah, oh, just some 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 junior college kid, some JUCO kid, <laughs> you know. Turned Pretty darn good. Paul, yeah, it turned out to be Paul Noneck O'Lenny, who uh, would help uh, lead that team along with Mark Atkins and others. I mean, yeah, think about the firepower off the bench with that team with O'Lenny and Mark Atkins and uh, not to mention the Big A Player of the Year and Melvin Booker. So, uh, yeah, pretty fun squad to be around. Hey, Mike, one more thing. And Gary Pinkle, uh, I always delineate between a program in college football and a team. And Gary Pinkle had the program going and obviously it's only one year, but it seems like with this year and the fact that uh, Eli Drinkwitz has been bowl eligible for each of his fir- first three, and now you see what's happening with the recruiting. Have they kind of turned the corner of the football program into being a program? Uh, yeah, I, I think you, you have to. I think that's always a question that, 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 that continues to linger until you do it over a long period of time, right? Um, but, uh, you know, I told you, early in the season, that this was Eli Drinkwitz's best team. Mm-hmm. And I also told you on this program, when Kerry asked me, you know, what about all these rumors about the next coach of Missouri? I told you back before the season that Eli Drinkwitz is going to be the coach of Missouri for as long as he wants to be. Um, year one, building program. Year two, continuing to build. Year three, continuing to build. Year four, you see his best team, and they have a, a level, level of success that few, except probably the guys inside the locker room anticipated. And then now, you know, you, you look at what they've done, not only from a recruiting class standpoint, which is ranked in the top 30, although called number 12, uh, I think, in the SEC, um, but you look at what they did in the transfer portal is what they continue to do there um, in terms of addressing needs. And so it's, it's, I think it's an ongoing process, Randy, is, is a long-winded answer to your question uh, but yeah, I mean, he is solidifying himself to put himself in a position to continue, um, you know, to build this thing to a level that Missouri fans have been yearning for since, you know, uh, Pinkle had it running back during, you know, 13, 14 and before that. Um, and, and so it, it, it's a process, but here, here's, here's the neat thing uh, in my mind with the game on the 30th or the game on the 29th um, is, Missouri is in a position to do something that very, very few Missouri teams have been able to do, and that is to beat a national brand on that platform or on that stage, you know, in a, in a New Year's six, year six game. First time you've been in a New Year's Six game, and now a chance to end your season with a win over a true national brand that would just, again, continue to build the credibility 
for what Coach Drink and his, and his coaches and his staff are doing. Well, have fun tonight. Have fun there. And in between, have a very Merry Christmas. I'm going to try to sneak down to the floor. I don't have a credential tonight, but I'm going to try to work my way down to the floor to say hi. Well, I have a feeling you will be able to navigate your way anywhere you want to inside <laughs> that building, uh, knowing you for as long as I do. Uh, Daniel, it is so, so, I, I can't tell you now, it's so great to hear your voice. I miss your brother, and uh, I wish you and uh, your families uh, a very Merry Christmas. Love you, you too, guys. Buddy. Take care. You too. Thanks, right. Mike. Thanks, Michael. Appreciate it. I was looking at uh, the starting linebackers for Mizzou. They have Chad Bailey. They got Tyron Hopper. Mm-hmm. Both are expected to leave. They picked up Corey Flagg Jr. from Miami. And he's got a history with defensive coordinator uh, Blake Baker, who, by the way, just signed an extension. The offensive coordinator signed an extension, too. Mm -hmm. He played in 43 games over the last three seasons. That's the fifth transfer now for the Tigers. And with a minimum of four transfers, Randy, Rivals had the Tigers at number one in the country. Right. It's it's incredible. Yep, you get the cornerback out of East St. Louis. You get the offensive offensive lineman out of Oklahoma, who was a five-star. Uh, they're they're loading up. And by the way, to do what the Tigers have done, they had a game where Bailey and Hopper weren't in there. To play the defense that they've played, Blake Baker has done an amazing job. I think that Mike hit it on the head, too, to take on a national name brand, yeah. it's Ohio State. I, on the flip side, I you got to wonder what Ohio State's thinking. They're out of the college football mm-hmm. playoff. They lose to Michigan. Their QB is transferred now to Syracuse. You don't know about Marvin Harrison Jr. You know, what's the motivation for them in that game? And for the Missouri Tigers and their fan base, it probably means everything. Yeah, and there will be a lot of Mizzou fans there. I think that's a big thing. I don't think Ohio State fans care about it. But there's all these three- and four-star kids that don't get a chance to play at Ohio State. Now this is going to be an opportunity for them in, in the Cotton Bowl. That's Dan. I'm Randy. Coming up here on 101 ESPN, we've got our Rush Hour reset after a Blues victory in Florida. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. The day on the Opening Drive with a Rush Hour Reset. It's 9.07 in St. Louis. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Danny Mack, Matthew Rocchio, Randy Carricker. Good to have you with us and uh, the Rush Hour Reset. The Blues with an impressive win last night in Florida, Sunrise, Florida, after losing to Tampa Bay two nights before. The Blues come away with an impressive victory over the Panthers last night. The final was 4-1, to one, and the Blues got things going early, and the resurgent Jordan Cairo was a key. Three on one, Blues in, Kairou straight away, Butch Navich whips on a shot, Kairou's there, he scores! They were chasing a grease pig in the offensive zone, and Kairou put it in the corral. one nothing Blues, 15-10 to go, second period, as the Blues score first. Just a couple of minutes later, Pavel Buchnevich scored a goal, but it was called back. The Blues still had the 1-0 lead at the 7.46 mark when Buchnevich did score. The Panthers there, and Reinhardt got it out of the zone. He skates in with forcing now, and it's turned over. Blues try to catch the Panthers changing. Kairou hitting the trailer. Thomas to Kairou to Buchnevich. Backhander. Score! A patient backhand shot from Pavel Buchnevich. And the top line has two in the period. 2 nothing Blues, 12-14 to play, second period. 
Alexei Torbchenko would score before the second period was out, but Janavich scored late, an empty netter in the third, 4-1 the final. Joel Hofer was terrific, only gave up a fluky goal to the Panthers, and the Blues win it by a score of 4-1. And Dan, as we speak, the Blues are three points out of that final wild card spot as they take on the Blackhawks tomorrow night at Enterprise Center. Blues have, what, 33 points now? I uh-huh. believe 33. correct. Top line last night, Bujnevich, Thomas, Cairo. In the second period alone, they had six points. Bujnevich had a disallowed goal. He would have had a hat trick potentially, but mm-hmm. the total for the night for that uh, top line was eight points, eight shots, and a plus eight. And you mix that in with Joel Hofer, how he played. I thought he was terrific at key times and the Blues defense cleared out in front and gave him a chance to make some saves now they did have a couple of posts the Panthers did but that's the way hockey go and the Blues win that game meanwhile last night Thursday night football the stupid Rams beat the Saints 30 to 22 uh Matthew Stafford was good 328 yards a couple of touchdowns Vianney's Kyron Williams okay 22 for 104 and a touchdown mm-hmm. Okay, we'll give your Vianney brother some love here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, Sean McVay is still the youngest head coach in the National Football Crazy. League. He's been there seven years. It's he's amazing. only 37. It's amazing. And he's done this with a team that wasn't expected to do much this year, but they're getting key contributions from obviously Stafford, Demarcus Robinson, Puka Nakua, Kyron Williams. Cooper Cup mm-hmm. is back healthy somewhat. Looks like he's just dying out there sometimes. Yeah, right. But it, it, he gets he, open. He gets open, man, and they're a dangerous team. I, I look at them in the NFC as being the equivalent to what the Bills are now in the AFC. They're a hot team that people do not want to face. Don't want to face them if they make the playoffs. Exactly. At this point, what is the more impressive Sean McVay offensive coordinating stat? Is it t- is it getting an, is it Jared Goff taking an offense to a Super Bowl, or is it Puka Nakua? having more 150-yard receiving games as a rookie than Randy freaking Moss did. Cause I, those, I think it's Puka. Those are, that's unbelievable. I mean, he is not that he, I mean, incredible catch radius, great hands, good route runner, but when you compare him to a Randy Moss, the way he's scheming up this kind of yardage from Puka is incredible. Mm-hmm. Puka is Nakua came in and said, I hope to make the team, and if I do, I'll be on special teams. <laughs> yeah. That's what he said after the game yeah, last night. Amazing. He didn't expect this yeah. to be the, the case. Tomorrow here on 101 ESPN, we've got the Camellia Bowl that starts at 11 o'clock, and uh, that has Arkansas State versus Northern Illinois. And then uh, after that game, we're going to have the Idaho Potato. I think it's the famous Idaho Potato Bowl, which is one that you always want to. Uh, you don't miss that. No, it's uh, th- there are some that you just you don't miss every year. Georgia State, and by the way, Mizzou just got Georgia State's running back in the transfer portal. Uh, Georgia State will take on Utah State in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. There's also a couple of NFL games tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Pretty good NFL slate this weekend. It really is. It's uh, and uh, Christmas Day. I'm not going to spend any time with my family. Bengals and uh, and Steelers. Well, you'll be um, watching the NBA. Well, no, I'm, I'm watching. I'm watching. Okay, football. all right. Um, I just thought you'd be doing yeah. your NBA kickoff to the season. I love NBA yeah. on Christmas. It's uh, so Bengals good. and Steelers tomorrow. Uh, that's at 3, tw- 3.30 St. Louis time on NBC. And then tomorrow night you've got the Bills and the Chargers, and you better have Peacock. Yeah. Because that's the only place you can see that one tomorrow. How about this? Exclusively on Peacock tomorrow. First time ever. No commercials will be shown in the fourth quarter. Oh, cool. It's the first time ever. I wonder, can you get like a free Peacock preview just so that you can get the game tomorrow and then cancel it right after? What about NFL.com? Maybe they'll put it on that. 
I don't think so. No. Make it accessible to fans. I think if somebody can text in on the text line 314-399-9646-314-399. Yo ho, what's the oh, thanks guys. Sorry. What's the best Don't way, do it, Rock. What's the best way to pirate NFL games? It's all over Reddit all the time. I don't know. I don't know how to do it. I don't think, I've got Peacock. I don't think we can have that conversation on the air. Sure we can. Oh, sorry, I don't think we can have that conversation on the air without getting in trouble. Oh, okay. Yeah, let's let's move on. How about that Yamamoto? Uh, yeah, Yamamoto, uh, t- uh, Yoshi Yamamoto, signs with the Doyers. 12 years, $325 million, plus a $50 million posting fee, so he'll cost them $375 million. Oh, by the way, if you hadn't remembered, they also signed Shohei Otani to $700 million worth of contract, so that's more than a billion dollars, and Tyler Glasnow, he, he was a cheap guy for him this year, Tyler Glasnow also signing, uh, being traded to and signing an extension with the Dodgers. They've got a few dollars invested in their ball club. Well, the rest of the league is combined at $900 million, and, right now, and, and they have three over guys the- over $1.2 billion. I'll tell you what, though. I don't see it stopping with the Dodgers. I mean, their TV contract was for $8.35 billion. Guggenheim runs or manages and owns the team, and they manage more than $3 billion in assets. So, the, the, you know, the well is not going dry here. No, they're going to keep signing guys. That's Dan. I'm Randy. Matthew is here, and that's our Rush Hour Reset. Coming up, we'll talk more about this with our buddy Greg Amzinger, a fellow Lindenwood alum. He is the lead anchor of MLB Network and joins us next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. And standing by is the lead anchor for MLB Network, a native of St. Louis, and another Lindenwood product from the Lindenwood University. The great Greg Amsinger joins us. Merry Christmas, sir. How you doing? Oh, Merry Christmas. I, I'm doing much better. I, I woke up a couple of days ago with no voice. Crazy, right? A chatty Kathy like me was taken. I was My greatest weapon was removed. I could not. <laughs> Talk. Do you understand how painful that is for someone who doesn't shut up naturally to sit around and not be able to say anything? It was like my, my actual hell on earth. So that I have an appreciation, plenty of steroids, and my voice still sounds gravelly, but I'm back in business. Now, Greg, when I have those days at home, it's like their most glorious day. <laughs> was it in your house? Oh, my goodness. My wife has never liked me more. <laughs> I, I, I said all the right things, but not saying anything at all. What was your impression, Greg, of uh, Yamamoto and finally getting signed and maybe what that means for the rest of the league and some of these chips starting to fall? Well, I got to tell you, I was really excited for the last MLB tonight before Christmas because we always do crazy harebrained holiday centric segments. So last night I'm texting back and forth to my producer and I'm going to do a, a naughty or nice segment where I am the devil and I pop up on Chris Young's shoulder and I tell him why this baseball season was actually naughty. And then Bo Porter's an angel. And then he shows up on his other shoulder and he tells you why the baseball season was actually nice. And we were, this is an amazing segment, green screen production. I was walking through the whole thing. 
and then Yamamoto news breaks. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I only have one hour to work. Baseball gets in the way. I was grumpy. But anyway, as I have to put the analyst hat on here and talk about it, it's what the Dodgers are definitely going to do. They're, they're going to own baseball. This is what Mark Walter's whole emphasis is. Uh, I was in L.A. for the Shohei Otani press conference. We were live for it. Uh, chatted with him. Uh, Stan Kasten, the CEO. Mark Walter, the owner. They're, they want to win five World Series titles in the life of the Otani contract, at least. They want to be – they are now. Uh, and I, I actually – I wanted to make this point the day of the Otani press conference, but I'm going to make this point tonight. I'm, I'm going to be on at 6 p.m. Eastern. Uh, I, I would love to go to Studio 42 and do a makeshift gravesite and um, <laughs> lower a casket that's got the New York Yankees logo on it and drop it into the ground and then throw dirt on that casket because the evil empire as we know it is no longer in the Bronx. They are eh, like everyone else. The evil empire, if you want to view it that way, the team that quote-unquote buys championships, that's out in L.A. The Los Angeles Dodgers, for the first time in baseball history, have taken that moniker away from the New York Yankees. It is over. The Yankees do not compete with the Los Angeles Dodgers. They just don't. And going forward, it's going to continue to be that way. The Dodgers will get every marquee free agent that they want. And that used to be the way we described the New York Yankees. Oh, if Jason Giambi's a free agent, he'll end up a Yankee. If Mark is a free agent, don't worry. At some point, he'll end up a Yankee. The list goes on and on, going back to name it, Dave Winfield, whoever you want to talk about, Jack Clark. It's always been that way. But that has changed. Baseball history and the future of baseball has changed. The evil empire now resides in Hollywood. It's the Dodgers. Hey, Greg, the Dodgers ownership went a long time, and Andrew Friedman went a long time, expressing pride in the fact that they had not given a $100 million contract to a free agent. Then they trade for bets, give him the contract. They go out and get Freeman. They signed Bauer to the more than $100 million contract, and now uh, this lately. What's changed in the last three or four years from the Dodgers as opposed to the first 10 years of that ownership? Uh, I think they realized that the Tampa Bay Rays way, which they were sold on, hey, do you meet all these front office executives? They all want the job. They go, hey, look at the average cost per win connected to my resume. Andrew Friedman's average cost per win was incredible. Spent no money, won a lot of games. That's been uh, the MO for that franchise even since he's left. But when you're in big market baseball, that's different. Expectations are high. When Randy Rosarena can look to his left and communicate with Manuel Margot and can almost whisper, hey, man, shade a little bit to the right center field. And Manuel Margot can hear him clearly because no one's in the ballpark. That's a different (laughs) set of stress compared to playing in big market baseball where it's a sellout every night. People are going crazy. The TV ratings are high and the expectations are beyond anybody can, can grasp in St. Petersburg, Florida. So Andrew Friedman is, is living his best life. I chatted with him the day of the Otani deal. I'm like, man, I don't know how you pulled this off, but you literally got your name, the guy's contract. 
So you essentially got, Andrew, a 10-year contract today. He's like, I know, man. It's wild. <laughs> he's living his best life. He's like, he's got senioritis, but he's got it for 10 years now. He, the way he conducted business in, in Tampa Bay got him this dream job. He no longer has to conduct business that way. He gets to be, you know, George Steinbrenner's little buddy. That's basically how he's operating. Mark Walter's going to buy anybody he wants. And ownership, the entire group is supporting that idea. And Andrew Friedman gets to throw hundreds of millions of dollars around. So it's, it's, it's to me, it's motivated ownership. And I call them the evil empire. I, I hate that, but it's just the way they are operating. I love owners that want to spend money and they, they are not afraid of a, you know, of a luxury tax that they, they want to win a world series. Those type of owners, man, if, if you're a fan of the Dodgers, if you see Mark Walter, he's probably got bodyguards. You probably would be able to hug him. But if you could, give him a holiday hug because he's giving you more presents than your parents ever got you. Greg, I'm curious about Trevor Bauer. You know, there's a lot of folks that would say, well, that's one guy you can go get that's upper echelon. You're not going to pay $100 million for him. But, of course, there's a lot associated with him. Is there talk around Major League Baseball that, that some team will take a chance on, on Trevor Bauer? I think it's a game of musical chairs, man. It's like, okay, if you're considering this, name the guy or the woman in the front office meeting that brings that name up first. And then everyone gets, are you going to be the one that everyone stares at? And be like, wow, you have no soul, Greg? Really? You, You think this is where we need to go? Look, everybody deserves a second chance. I understand that. But this is a guy that has been, you know, he, he didn't hide the fact that this was the interaction that he had with this woman. Um, now, he declared, he declared that she was uh, open to do all of these things, but still it's a guy that chose to act the way he acted. We can get into it or you can just Google it. I prefer if you just Google it. I don't want to say it out loud. <laughs> I, I, I would be blown away if uh, a Major League Baseball team was so desperate for uh, a starting pitcher that they would take on the PR mess of Trevor Bauer. I would be blown away, and it might be the most surprising thing I ever see in my broadcasting career because of of the way he conducted himself. Before that ever happened, he was not uh, Zach Morris, the most popular guy like on Saved by the Bell. He wasn't that anyway. He wasn't that anyway. So, it, 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 to me, this was the cherry on top of a Sunday that nobody wanted anyway. So, I would be shocked if his talent got him back in the big leagues. A couple more things for the great Greg Amzinger. Okay, let's go Sunshine Lollipops. Give me a way that the Cardinals find themselves in the National League Championship Series in 2024. We're at Christmas 2023. So, I want you to put the Cardinals in the, in the NLCS for me. It's really easy. Uh, from this point forward, Glass now is gone. I mean, the way you have to look at it, to me, if the, if the, if the goal is to go to the World Series, mm-hmm. for every National League team, there are two teams that are now – their future before opening day has changed. You have to be realistic. The Atlanta Braves, the St. Louis Cardinals. If you like your two teams and you think that you can go to the World Series, now you can't. You, you, you can't consider yourself as good as the Dodgers. You literally can't. You cannot, as your teams are constructed right now. If everyone stays healthy, I get injuries, anything can happen, right? Glasgow blows out. Yamamoto actually isn't as good as people thought he'd be in the United States. Anything can happen. I understand that. But based on what we're looking at realistically right now, the Atlanta Braves and the St. Louis Cardinals are not as good as the Dodgers. Now, are the Cardinals one player away? Probably not, even after everything the Dodgers have done. But 
because there are so many things that can happen, of course, of 162. If the St. Louis Cardinals traded three prospects, top prospects, and a Brendan Donovan to the Chicago White Sox to get Dylan Cease and just detonate and go, we're, we're all in. we got to get this guy. Because as of right now, the starting rotation's improved. Get it? They did it. They did a lot. The two hundred million dollars payroll, most they've ever spent. Uh, they're they're investing in the product. Totally understand that. You can't hang with the Dodgers, but if you get Dylan Cease and the Cardinals, who have had this 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 Midas touch with really getting the best out of starting pitchers historically, uh, if this guy goes to a win now environment like you know last year was a terrible environment pitching. People don't understand the psychology of an awful losing clubhouse, which is what the White Sox were. Uh, I think this guy's the most talented pitcher available now. The glass has already been traded. I would t- I, I know this sounds crazy. People love Corbin Burns. I love Corbin Burns. I, this sounds great. I would take Dylan Cease over Corbin Burns. I think Dylan Cease, we do not know Dylan Cease's ceiling yet. We know Corbin Burns' ceiling. I think Dylan Cease can be one of the best pitchers in baseball, if not the best, based on the way he could spin a baseball. So I, I think the Cardinals decided, wait a minute, the Dodgers just changed the National League landscape. We have to change the way we're planning for the 2024 season. We don't want to give up Brendan Donovan. That's who they want. We have to give up Brendan Donovan. We're going to give up hence. We're going to give up other pitching prospects. We're going to give up the guys we covet because we need to get this group. It's got Goldschmidt and Arnado. It's some aging veterans. We've got to get this to the World Series. The only way we get through the Otani, Yamamoto-led, Freeman, Betts, powerhouse in L.A., we've got to get another swing and miss face, and Dylan Cease is the only guy that can go get to do that. And, Greg, you uh, were doing MLB Tonight every night in 2022. And I'll just run through this 14-start stretch for Dylan Cease that started on May 29th. Earned runs allowed. Zero, 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 one, 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 zero, 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 one, one, one. It's not a bad 14-game stretch. That kind of shows you what the ability is, and that's not a small sample size either. Yeah, and, and a side note, every time I call uh, Chase Bank, I would prefer your voice being the one that says, <laughs> uh, the, you know, you dialed in your number right now, zero, one. I, I, that just was, I don't know, it was calming to me right now. Uh, but, no, I agree. And I think that 2022 Dylan Cease is who you go get. You cannot think last year – the Chicago White Sox, which many people have talked about, uh, Keenan Middleton was traded to the uh, to the uh, New York Yankees and openly talked about how dysfunctional that clubhouse was, and how how awful the environment was on the south side of Chicago. That affects human beings. I think Dylan Cease was affected by it, and I, I do not buy his 2023 performance. So I am all in on Dylan Cease. I thought the Cardinals could win the division without him. I still think they can. But you're not beating the Dodgers. And if, if the point is to just put up a NL Central pennant, then let's roll into opening day, guys. We got the team to do that. But if the point is to go to the World Series, you're not doing that. Hey, Atlanta Braves, you're not doing it either because your starting pitching is not as good as what the Los Angeles Dodgers have. Guys, by all accounts, everyone I've talked to, Yamamoto is a superstar pitcher. And when now is healthy, which he's never really been in his career – he might have the best stuff in baseball. These two guys have been added to a rotation that's got Walker Bueller coming back. These two guys have been added to a rotation that in 2025, Shohei Otani will be injected into the ring. The St. Louis Cardinals, you think big picture here. Are we going to even sniff a World Series or are the Dodgers going to build this juggernaut? Are the other National League teams going to sit by the side and watch the Dodgers build a machine that no one else can compete with? I would be shocked if that were the case. All right, tell us about uh, Christmas at the Emsinger household before you go. 
Oh my goodness. I've got my entire family coming, which is about 94 people. I'm kidding. I do come from a large family, seven kids. I'm one of seven kids. Everybody's coming to the Am Singer Manor. Uh, we've been decorating my wife, my poor wife, Erica is stressed out beyond belief because well, she's married to me and I've been like <laughs> acting like I can't get off the couch cause I can't talk. Right. So <laughs> we, when you, when you're married to someone who looks the smallest things like a bad hair day, I want to stay in bed all day. So it's hard to get everything ready when you're married to Greg Amster, but we're, we're fighting through and it'll be a wonderful Christmas. That's for sure. Have a great time. I see that it's supposed to be 50 degrees on Christmas day there. Is that golf weather for you? Oh my goodness. Just saying the word golf, golf puts me in the doghouse during the holiday season. I don't, I don't know what that sport is, Randy. I've, I've never played it. <laughs> that's, I've never that's a good played. move on your part. Well played there, Greg. Uh, Merry Happy Christmas. Happy holidays, everybody. Same, to, your same to you, brother. We'll talk later. See ya. Uh, that is the great Greg Amzinger on 101 ESPN. He, he always brings it. He does. I, uh, you know, when you when you get the news of the Dodgers and the money that they're spending and the kind of rotation they're going to, I mean, think of the rotation not just this year. Think about next year. You add yeah, Otani to right. it. I mean, but Dan, won't they have to go to a six man rotation? When because, you include Dustin May, you mean? Right, and because that's what Yamamoto's pitched in in Japan. That's what Otani came from in Japan. So, and he'll be coming off of Tommy John. Bueller will be one year removed. May. Like you said, and then you've got kids, Bobby Miller or whoever. Yeah. Uh, it seems to me that if there's a major league team headed toward a six-man rotation, it's there. And Glass now, uh, who doesn't throw a lot of innings, I think his career high is 130. So it it seems to me that that would be the team that's probably headed toward a six-man rotation. Divisional play began, I think it was what 54 seasons ago. I just looked this up. Best record has won just 14 times. So the best record in 160, best team over 162 games, the best record is won just 14 times in 54 seasons in the past 54. So as much as I appreciate what the Dodgers are doing, it's, you know, there's injuries, there's things that happen. Now they put themselves in a position to win. Don't get me wrong, but it's hard to win. And then the numbers bear that out. And if we localize it, since the DeWitt ownership took over, Two best teams were 04 and 05. Didn't win the World Series. Probably the two worst playoff teams were 06 and 11. Yep. Yeah. Right? That, that's the randomness of the postseason. Just get in Arizona last year. See what happens. Yeah. Right? That's Dan. I'm Randy. Matthew is here. Coming up, we're going to take a look at our favorite matchups this weekend in the National Football League on 101 ESPN. Back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Josh Innes will be in for Tim McKernan in the 10 o'clock hour. Dan and Randy and Matthew with you, taking a look, a quick look at this weekend in the NFL. And Dan, tomorrow, the Bengals are at the Steelers. Steelers have fallen apart. They're starting Mason Rudolph at quarterback. The Bengals have done, done great work in uh, the absence of Joe Burrow with Jake Browning at quarterback. And if the Bengals went out, they're in. Right now, if the playoffs started today, the Bengals at 8-6 and six would be in the playoffs despite losing Joe Burrow. I wonder what happens to Mike Tomlin. Uh, whether they get in or not, they're going to squeak in if they get in. Mm-hmm. i got to wonder if he sticks around. I, 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 I did some NFL games, and he was a coordinator at that time, and I had to be in meetings with him. He's an impressive guy. He is. Very nice man. Um, and he's done a hell of a job with Pittsburgh, but the way that things have gone, I mean, Indy just steamrolled them the other day yeah. with the running game. And Pittsburgh is known hard-nosed defense, stopped the run, didn't do any of that the other day. 
No, they are not what they used to be. And that a lot of it is a personnel issue with them. Now, Buffalo, if the playoffs started today at 8-6, and six, would not be in. However, Buffalo plays the Chargers. And if Buffalo wins out and Miami loses to either one of their next two games, Miami or Baltimore, uh, I'm sorry, the Dolphins lose to Dallas or Baltimore, then Buffalo would win the division. So it's a Miami loss before the final game of the season and Buffalo winning out, including the finale at Miami. They're road tested. They're a hot team since Joe Brady took over the offense as the offensive coordinator. They're now averaging 30 points a game. They're 3-1 and one since that time frame. And as I mentioned earlier, Josh Allen is now, by Vegas odds, the fourth highest guy in terms of having a chance to win the MVP. And who would have thought that probably six weeks ago? Yeah, would not have thought that. No, not at all. Another team that really has a great playoff chance is the Indianapolis Colts. And they're another one that if they went out and they hold the final wild card spot in the AFC right now, if they went out, they win their division. So you have five teams in the conference, eight and six, two of which are Houston and Buffalo, just outside the playoff picture. Nine teams, seven and seven or nine and five overall in the NFL. You wanted parity. You're getting it now. Yeah, we are. No You're getting it now. It. You're getting it now. Seattle and Tennessee. Seattle at 7-7. Seven and seven, They just don't feel real to me. I, I don't take them seriously. I don't either. Maybe they are, but uh, we won't. You're not, uh, you're not sold on Will Levis? Uh, Tennessee, I'm not ready for them. You're not ready. They, they are ready. I can't be ready for them. Lions and Vikings. Uh, that'll be an interesting game. Vikings are 7-7. Seven and seven. They play great defense. Their quarterback situation has led them to be really bad offensively. And the Lions are a threat. The Lions in the playoffs are going to be a team that you don't want to play. I think that's the most intriguing game of the weekend. Now, you do have some really good ones that jump off the paper, like... Buffalo, or excuse me, Baltimore and San Francisco. You got Miami, Dallas. Those are the ones that are going right. to garner the most attention. But this, in terms of playoff implications, might be the biggest of the bunch. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, another one that is intriguing is the Browns and the Texans. And the Texans tied for that top spot in the AFC South. The Browns are 9-5. and five. They're going to probably be a playoff team despite using four different quarterbacks this year. Is C.J. Stroud uh, cleared? Do we he know is he's not. He's still in concussion protocol for the Texans. Okay, so if he's not cleared, problem. that's that's a real problem. Case Keenum, our old buddy here in St. Louis. Who would you give it to, Stroud or Nakua, for the, uh, the uh, let's say, rookie of the year in the I, National Football League? I think Stroud's injury, unfortunately, can cost him. I do, too. I mean, down the stretch, I mean, this guy's got a chance to set the all-time yep. receiving record for a rookie. Yeah, and, and if Nakua's team makes the playoffs and Stroud's doesn't, it's just different. Exactly. Even though Nakua is catching passes from Matthew Stafford, I, I, I think I would go with him, uh, if indeed... Stroud, his injury costs the Texans a playoff. Got to play. Got to be on right. the field. The Jags need to rebound. Do they take on the Buccaneers who are in the playoff hunt? Cardinals and Bears, uh, nothing there. And then, as you mentioned, Cowboys and Dolphins on Sunday afternoon. That is the late window on Fox. And uh, both of these teams accused of not being able to win in certain situations. The Dolphins haven't really beaten teams with winning records. Cowboys haven't really won on the road. This is immovable force against irresistible objects. There you go. Dallas 7-0 and at home, below 500 on the road. Miami's won four of their last five. Um, that should be a fun matchup. That, that could be a Super Bowl matchup. I don't think yep. it will be, but it'll be told that way. Dan, I think the Super Bowl matchup is on Monday night. I do too. Baltimore San Francisco. Yep. Joe and Troy will have that game on ESPN. We will have that game for you here on 101 ESPN. Two teams right now that hold the number one seeds in each conference. And man, uh, ESPN, ABC couldn't have asked for more for, thing, for Christmas night.
Brock Purdy, since 2000, the fourth highest single season passer rating in uh, 15 weeks, through 15 weeks, 119. Only better, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. Think about how good this year the, the guy has put together, and all three of those guys are MVPs. Sam, the guy is a young Kurt Warner. You think so? With with that sort of surrounding cast, and he, he can throw the ball deep like Kurt could, and he's got tremendous accuracy like Kurt did. He wears number 13. He's from an Iowa school. He replaced a, a handsome, well-liked quarterback that wore number 10 and was taken down by a leg injury. He's Kurt Warner all over again. 1994, I Love Your Football History, featured Steve Young, Garrison Hurst, Jerry Rice, Terrell Owens. Is this team better? Oh, man. And, and that, that team was won the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. Super Bowl champion. Yeah. Uh, I would say no. I, I don't have any of those guys in the Hall of Fame yet. But I do have uh, Young and, and Rice are in the Hall of Fame. So it, it's going to take a few years for this group to reach what that group was. Man, they got 49 in the Super Bowl. I know. It was unbelievable. Yeah. And and so I'm with you. I think because of the Hall of Fame pedigree, yeah, three, I give it to the right. 94 guys. Any other Hall of Famers? Because uh, Hurst didn't, but uh, Owens, Rice, Young. I would could. say on this current team, Trent Williams. Yep. Yeah, but you can't put Debo in there yet. No. McCaffrey's on the path, but not there yet. Ayuk, not there. No. And Purdy, obviously, is a, is a ways away. So, yeah. But... They have a chance. They, if they're going to keep them around because Purdy's not making money, so they're going to be able to keep this group around for a while. That's a look ahead to the National Football League. And again, our NFL Sunday has the Vikings and Lions at noon, Bucks and Jags at 3, and Broncos and Patriots on Christmas Eve at 7.15. If you aren't doing anything, uh, watch and listen to that one. Coming up, we're going to head down the stretch with Rock and Roll here on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Let's rock. Let's rock today. Danny will join the opening drive. Dan McLaughlin with the opening drive every yeah. day. And uh, he'll join Brooke and I. Uh, after the new year, but uh, great to have you filling in today. This has been awesome. A lot Love of fun. It. Love I, doing this with you, Randy. It, it's the best. It's the most fun I have doing broadcasting. And somebody did text in that said, uh, Danny will get used to Yoho eventually. No, I really won't. Okay. Yoho. 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 Uh, we've got... Uh, now I have to do more of it. No, I you don't. To, you don't understand anything. I used to be able to snake out and like not do it half the time because I'm not in. on camera. My mic's not on all the time. Mm-hmm. And now... Randy needs the support, I and I, I got to jump in and do. It. I got to be. I got to be a team player. Maybe Randy should be the team player, and we move on. Wow, we can't do that. No. Oh yeah, we can. People have to learn how to save this number in their phone. But if you don't, <laughs> if you're one of those people that says no, I punch it in. It's three one four three nine 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 six four six three one four three nine nine Y O H O. Yo ho! Thank I, you. I, I can't. I'm sorry. Right, no. What do we got for rock and roll? I'm I, I I'm too positive of a person. I understand I'm that. Sorry. I'm, I'm a positive I'm, I'm person a little, too. I'm a little soft, I guess. Mm-hmm. Don't doughy. give in. A little doughy. Uh, yesterday, Randy, we didn't get to mention it because City likes to announce everything at 10:03 a.m. Uh-huh. Uh, but they signed a new player yesterday. They've acquired 24-year-old Norwegian right back Thomas Totland yeah. from Swedish first division club BK Haken. Um, I bring this up only because he looks legit, and this is. Does he look like? Does, I'll bet he has blonde hair. Is there a little red to it? I think it's blonde, yeah. He okay. looks like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's blonde. Tomas Totland. T-O-T-L-A-N-D. From Sweden. 
He is actually a Norwegian, Norwegian. Okay. coming from a Swedish team. I got you. But that was the issue with uh, Dalibor Dvorsky earlier this year when we said that he was a Swedish player, but he's not. He's mm-hmm. Czech playing yeah, well, in Sweden, so he wasn't Swedish. No, uh, but yes, no yeah, Thomas Toland is in fact blonde. The reason why I'm so happy about this is because their their fullbacks were terrible this year, and they and that's how they got annihilated by his sport in Kansas City. And so now you get somebody who apparently can can range up and down your right side pretty much entirely, and uh, that's he seems like a pretty out and out, just like you know, fullback, uh, wingback kind of player. And I think this is a good move. I this is I just, I love City. Everything they've done from the get go, they just keep making the right moves. And here we are. There's one big acquisition you need to make to go into your season next year, and that was a right back. And they make it before the, even the new year hits. I like him. I like him a lot. You've been you've been following him closely, yeah. And, and you know what? The, he he obviously brings great uh, great speed, but that size he he's a he's a substantial young man, and I would think that uh, he will be a huge benefit to the SC roster and the efforts to win the championship. Do you go to any uh, city games? Uh, just one. Yeah, I watched. You? I watched uh, almost every one of them. I loved it. I, I thought it, it was, was fun to watch. Yeah, yeah, it's a great atmosphere. When you were going in the off season, it was pretty clear: defensive midfield depth and fullbacks. And right out of the gate, they made a trade for Durkin, and they and uh, they've uh, made an acquisition for Tallinn. The Lutz and company just continue to make the right moves. Awesome, good. That's it in uh, rock and roll. It. Well, it's nine fifty eight. We gotta oh, go. Man, we got you, we right. got Josh Innes coming up. Got it. Uh, we've got Christmas coming up. That's on Sunday and Monday. Sunday is uh, Christmas Eve. Monday is Christmas Day. And then we'll be back at it on Tuesday. I think we've got a best of, nominally. Yes, on Monday we do have a best of setting up right now. You you can relive the uh, the, the the moment when we found out, or the, the morning after we found out Craig Berube had been fired. We're going to have a little bit of that. Robert Thomas as well. We're also going to have uh, all our incredible Mizzou interviews that we've had over the last oh. month. Desiree Reed-Francois, offense coordinator who, Kirby Moore, who just got an extension mm-hmm. yesterday. Uh, Illinois AD Josh Whitman, because of course we have bragging rights tonight. And then head coach Dennis Gates. And then we're going to, in the last hour of our... Um, that's Origins of Yoho. No, no, not Origins of Yoho, but you're close, okay. actually. We're going to play um, some of my favorite segments from Kerry Davis over the last year. I actually went back a year and found out a, a sick oh, of it nice. segment with him and Alexa Dat where Kerry went off the entire segment just Love it. screaming about analytics and how dumb it is. So we're going to play a little bit of that, and then also one of my favorite ones, when Kerry went fully anti-Mizzou uh, and total SEC oh, heel, yeah. and we're going to play a little bit of Kerry getting very mad about college football. Beautiful. Great job today by our producer, audio video engineer, Matthew Rocchio. Thank you, sir. Pleasure. Merry Christmas, uh, Daniel. I'm thrilled that we are working together again. Yeah, Can't wait. A lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. Merry Christmas to you and Merry your family. Merry Christmas, guys. Thanks. Thanks Thank for you. having me in. Appreciate it, brother. That is uh, the great Dan McLaughlin here on 101 ESPN, and he'll be with Brooke and I on the opening drive. We thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show. For all of us, until... Tuesday morning at 7. Have a very good weekend and a very Merry Christmas, St. Louis. And now for something completely different. You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.